This is the Artist Coaching Podcast. Yo, yo, Dance Fair TV. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Today I got a very special guest in the studio right now. Some of you might not know this guy, and I know a lot of you will know this guy because he's been around for quite a long time. He's a DJ, right? Uh, not anymore, actually, but I've been a DJ for about uh, 10 years. All right. Producer, also not uh, anymore? Well, fun fact, since about a month again. <laughs> oh, you, you got, you, you know, you got the itches and the scratches? Yeah, it's been two years. It's been maybe even longer, but uh, the, yeah, the itches finally came back. So I felt like creating a new track again and actually releasing it this Friday. All uh, right. But decided to do it in collaboration with my coaching thing. So I'm, I'm releasing movies to show people how uh, the promotion and marketing is being done. So it's like a knife that's cutting on both sides. All right, cool. So you said you're coaching, and uh, that is actually your main thing right now. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, Joey Suki. He's from the Netherlands. He used yep. to be a DJ. He used to be an amazing producer. And right now, he is an artist coach. Yes. All right, well, welcome to Dance Fair. Thank you, man. And uh, I'm really happy you're here because uh, we had a lot of artists talking about production, about traveling, about touring, yeah. about all the bits and pieces. And everybody's so focused on... Uh, how to get famous, how to get out there, how to make a name, how to be a brand. And I've always been uh, nagging to uh, the owners of Dance Fair and nagging to the owners of the Amsterdam Dance Event, like, all your panels are about getting there. But there is no panel called, I'm famous, now what? (laughs) Now what, yeah, that's the big question. That's actually the biggest question, I think. Like, becoming famous is, yeah, it's... easier nowadays because of social media and yeah you can do a lot of you can buy a lot of stuff actually yeah yeah um but when you're famous that's i think the hardest part because it's something you have to be ready for mentally physically uh your surroundings have to be ready for it so your family your friends your girlfriend all those things uh so yeah it's hard yeah, and, and everybody is always um being shown the upside of it because if yeah. you watch my instagram story i mean I'm Dutch. That's no secret. Yeah. And the Dutch are not allowed to be proud of a, a whole lot of our heritage because, well, <laughs> you know, if you read our history books, we've done some fucked up shit. <laughs> we need um, to make up. Yeah, yeah but th- there's only one thing you can be proud of when you're Dutch, and that's the fact that there is not a race or a culture or a country in the world that is better at nagging than Dutch people. <laughs> we do, yeah. I mean, we have... True turned nagging about and whining about little things into like an art form yeah so uh i'm one of the few that's what you do right now or yeah i'm always (laughs) nagging but uh you know once you nag you improve but i always try to show also the the messed up side of things uh it's easy i think uh, as an artist to to show hey look i'm drinking champagne hey nice i'm with girls um it's hard to show the morning after and And to me that's like the the funniest thing to see from from someone exactly. like you or from other artists, you know, that's what I would like to see. I mean, I had a night like that three nights ago. Uh, <laughs> I was in China. Still recovering. I, I was still. Rec- I woke up ten o'clock the next day in oh, the wow. evening. I woke up and I was like Sherlock Holmes, watching through my phone. Like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> um, Searching for clues. Yeah, I, I, you know, it turned out I actually had a great night. Oh. <laughs> But, uh, you know, the artist life. And you're here to tell a little bit about mental health and mental coaching. Yeah, well, yeah. Be- before we get started, um, mm-hmm. you know, we need to build some credibility for sure. the people that don't know you that well. Sure. Um, you are an artist coach. So yeah. can you name a few artists you're coaching right now or a few companies you work with that people might know? Um, I actually never name any names. Good. 
yeah. professional. Yeah, that's just because uh, yeah, privacy and stuff, and not everyone wants to be named, of course. Obvious. Uh, but most of the time, it's like uh, producers who are already creating their own music and simply looking for guidance uh, to promote their music, market their music. You know, you know, just you know, just to dig in there without calling names. Are we talking about uh, type of DJs in their bedroom, or are we talking about the kind of DJs that? You know, are at the phase in their life where yeah. basically the business class seat is their bedroom. Both, both. Yeah. All right, both. So uh, you're like the triple A market and the future. Yeah, exactly. AAA market. And uh, when I started off, like to me, this was a trial as well. You know, I, I had the burnout. Uh, I, I came out of the burnout feeling better, and I I decided to change my life because the artist life simply wasn't made for me. Um, so I, I started to think, okay, what should I do now? I quit school because of being a DJ and traveling the world and producing music. And What kind of uh, school do you do? Rock, I did Rock Academy for one year. All right, Rock And before that? Uh, I did Fontis, like a tour, what, what's it called? A tourist school, like tourist management. All right, tourism and uh, yeah, tourist uh, management. leisure management. Yeah, those kind of things, but just for three months and then I quit. <laughs> um, You're like, I'm not cut out for this tourist <laughs> life, man. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to get paid and travel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um but you know, I made all those life decisions. So quitting school and spending all the, all, all the time I had in music, not thinking uh, it ever, it could uh, it could ever become my profession. You know, it was just a hobby and it was something I enjoyed doing, uh, and it happened to be something that I was good at actually. And because I was good at it, uh, in it, and because I spent so much hours in it in my bedroom, uh, not going to school but spending all those hours into music. Um, I started off at my parents' place, like most. I of think everybody, you know, did. everybody starts out in the bedroom. That exactly, is, yeah. That's, that's like the trademark you have to it, get. If you yeah. didn't start in the bedroom, you're not <laughs> gonna get now. there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Same for me. I started off with uh, with Epster. You know him as well. Yeah, and, uh, he's also from my uh, hometown, Tilburg. And, yeah, yeah. Bass Jackers as well. Same period. All the yeah, the same guys. Same period. I'm throwing a party in Tilburg uh, in March. Actually, I noticed, man. Yeah, I actually live around the corner, so I'll be dropping by. Oh, definitely! I'll put you on the guest list cool, as well. Man. I'll come and grab a drink. Uh, you know, um, for the people that don't know, I, w- did we ever work on a track? Because I've been in your studio. Yeah, six we, years ago. we worked on the track, but I, I, we've never finished it. Mm. It's but we were talking about it before. I think it's already five years ago, maybe even six. You know what? Send me whatever if you still got some parts of it because the music we wanted to make back then is sort of in fashion right now. Yeah, that's the fun <laughs> thing. Like the, the the sneakers, nope is dope kind of sound is coming back. Of course, on another level, you know, like the sounding is way better because when I listen back to my tracks, oh from, my god, those tracks. You still back remember Bombazi and all those? Yeah, things. I mean, I used to Shit. Google my ass off trying to find your tracks and yeah. Absis tracks and all these sneaker guys from back in the days. I actually listened to. All of them uh, last week on uh, on on in the, on, the, on the internet because some of them I just lost them on my computer. So it I happens. Do, yeah, it happens. Um, but I listened to them and I was like, wow, this is. But those were crazy times. At that times, like, when I think back at that time, it was crazy because I can still remember hearing the the track in the club. Yeah. And it was like. Pfft cool you know yeah but but people right now i don't think can understand that we used to have lineups with hartwell afrojack quintino yeah. rehab abster you yeah. um well i was always trying to get in those sydney lineups but for me it was well. really hard yeah sydney samson terminology all those guys all those guys chucky yeah. chucky yeah um and I, I think most of these guys got paid like 500 euros i got paid less actually. yeah <laughs> like 250 maybe maybe 300 euros a gig uh, and that was like the highest fee at that moment so and, and those lineups would easily sell out a venue of six thousand yeah. people yeah i actually noticed like i'm not sure if it was a hoax 
I, because I didn't find the original promoter, but I I saw Nopus Dopes coming back to. Uh, oh, to I do a party? Sh- yeah. Uh, the brand Nopus Dope has been sold several oh. times. So the original uh, guy where it was from. The guy everybody still gets money from. Uh, okay. That guy. No, he's not behind it as far as I know. Okay, and if okay. it is, I'm going to be uh, at front of the door with my <laughs> yeah. invoice like, Hey, Dick. <laughs> but they're doing, Get the, my money. <laughs> they're doing the venue in Eindhoven again. Yeah. I believe it was March. So I, I, and Sneakers as well. And during ADE, they do they did the new uh, like launching from the CD. They did a yeah, new, yeah. New Sneakers part. is coming back. So yeah, it, it's, you know... Come to think of it, Dirty House is the only thing that actually survived in 10 years. Exactly, because <laughs> Dirty House started at that period. I yeah, think. it was uh, it all a Dirty House, Dirty Dutch. Uh, it was Nobis Dirty Dope. House. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It was all one big happy I family. I think the whole genre got called Dirty House, right? Dirty Dutch House. Dirty Dutch, Dirty House, Dutch yeah. House. Um, it got so big internationally, but at the time, nobody had a clue what, what exactly. we were doing. We're, we're and if, if I listen back to those tracks right now, it's just children's music, you know, like yeah. bleeps and kicks. But and it was original because nobody had a fucking clue what they were doing there there wasn't like a really set arrangement that you had to follow or sounds that you had to use everybody was just free in their creativity and just smashing buttons and and making crazy shit especially with with, uh riverside you know from yeah that's a unique track that was a game changer bleep with a cool groove but somehow it's really catchy and it just keeps on sticking it's got that penguin thing going on yeah someone i I I think someone read read redid it like a few weeks ago and released it on spinning but i'm not really sure but i thought i saw it it wasn't me i'm not touching any (laughs) of sydney samson's track again without his you know permission permission (laughs) i already screwed up on that one a long time ago yeah but at one point you were a dj you were a producer and um you're releasing on big labels Mm -hmm. and i know i was always a fan of the quality of your sound because i was always you know everything i made sounded a bit muddy and your things always sounded clean and then at one point um you went international yep and then you snapped yeah then it all exactly. got too much C- can you tell us a little bit uh, about what led up to the burnout yeah i'll give you a timeline that's probably easier yeah because um, there's a lot of guys right now watching and mm-hmm. i think um you know if we look at the statistics at least 10 percent of the audience listening right now is going towards uh, the burnout yeah so if we can stop yeah. at least one this will be a very good episode yeah exactly uh, yeah, I'll give you sh- uh, like a quick timeline to give you a side into what happened. Um, like 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I started off producing in my bedroom, quit at school and decided to, yeah, because I liked it and I wanted to go to the Rock Academy. So I just started to make music uh, and it got better and better. Started releasing on <laughs> on sneakers, um, which were the tracks we were yeah just recently talking about. Um, and from there, I pretty quickly signed with Anna Agency, which mm-hmm. is uh, uh, known from Hardwell, of course, and yeah. Danik, and Dairo, and It's uh, still, Mickey I Romero. think, the number one or number two agency in the Netherlands. I think it's, yeah, exa- yeah, like number it's one It's pretty much me. a battle between those two, I, yeah, I guess. exactly. Uh, but a lot of famous guys signed there. I signed together with Nicky Romero and Firebeat. We were the new three names at that at that moment. Uh, Nicky Romero, obviously, yeah, blew up. Uh, Firebeats, blew up. Hardwell, I, I don't <laughs> think we need to know, <laughs> tell that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah he blew up. Yeah, like. he blew up. Um, and I did well as, as well. Not as well as those guys, but I did well as well. I started to grow and grow and grow. Um, obviously, more international gigs, more tours, more releases. I did the collaboration with Hardwell, which helped me because he was getting Yeah, bigger. you were getting released and revealed. And then there was India, right? Exactly, yeah. And that was after about four years of heavily touring so heavily traveling a lot uh, on my own actually because i never 
travel with someone else because it was too too expensive, you know, for bookers. That someone a lot of people forget. Uh, An extra ticket, extra transfer, exactly. extra hotel room because yeah. you don't want to be sleeping uh, together. Yeah. This is the same thing with me and my MC. Yeah. I never sleep in the same room with Chen, not yeah. because I hate the guy, but you know, um, <laughs> it's expensive. No, but uh, beside the fact it is, it is expensive, but yeah. you know, some people just snore yeah. or have a different biorhythm <laughs> or fart in their sleep. I don't know. Yeah, and having some privacy along the tour as well. You know, yeah. you're you're constantly. Uh, with each other, so it's it's nice to have your two or three hours a night, uh, a day actually, where you can, <laughs> yeah, you know, where you can have a talk with your girlfriend or with your family or without anyone else listening. Um, Having some private time with the president. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, but to me, I was always traveling myself. So after about four years, um, I went to India. I was just moved with my ex-girlfriend. We uh, we rented the new house, and it was completely new so completely stripped we had to do everything that's a big stress moment as well man redoing a house yeah and um i'm more of the guy like if i'm going to do a new project i'm going to do it quickly and fast and well you know you are the kind of perfectionist guy that does it that way exactly so i planned out two weeks uh, well, actually, ten days to do the moving and to do all the things, all the yeah. wait, wait, wait. N- normal human beings, I know, I know, and I think most mammals as well. <laughs> don't do it in ten days. No, I know, but you know, in my head, it was really doable, uh, and it was in the end because we made it. Uh, but it led to me being pretty tired and pretty mentally. Have you ever heard of the saying, "Just because it's possible does not mean it has yeah. to be done"? Afterwards, <laughs> <laughs> I found out afterwards. Uh, but we moved actually in 10 days. Uh, Respect house. for that one. Yeah, thanks. All the stuff went to the new place. I slept there for one, maybe two nights. And then I had to leave to India for five days, three gigs, uh, which wasn't that weird for me. You know, it's not something I've never done before. When, once you're there, it's okay. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, it's just a long international flight that kind yeah. of screws you up. Well, India was about six, seven hours, I, I guess. So it's not that oh, long, but... To me, um, it was Did, just... Do you realize how crazy this is? Because I know people that um, you know are going for the first time on their holidays. Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to Spain and it's one and a half hour of flying. What am I going to do? I need books. I, I need, need my iPads. PlayStation. Yeah. I need everything. And you're like, oh, yeah, five, six hours. Yeah, yeah, to me, that was Ain't no pretty, thing. Yeah. Well, actually, something interesting <laughs> I want to talk to you about after this uh, right. is about all the things I needed to change in my head to get used to the normal world. So ah, remember, remember reintegrate that, okay? into normal exactly. society. Remember that I'm, because yeah. I want to. I want to mention. I'm gonna it. write it down. Cool. Uh, but okay, I left to India. Uh, like I said, five day tour, three gigs, three different cities, so inbound flights as well. Um, and yeah, when I arrived in India it already started, you know, like I was mentally done, physically done because of the moving. Uh, I, I didn't had a home for my feeling at that moment because I was just... You yeah, didn't just, you mentally settle into your new yeah, house. Exactly. It was still a I bit strange. I slept for one or two nights, you know, that's everything was a mess. You spent more time in, in, in hotels yeah. than, all right, yeah. Logical. So I, I, I felt like a, uh, like a hobo at that moment. I really didn't have a place in the world where, where my safe spot was. Um, and I was already physically down, mentally down. So I arrived in India, a country where everything is different from where I live, you know? Like, everything's different. The temperature, uh, the, the amount of people, the food, uh, the, 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 the level hygiene. of hygiene. <laughs> exactly. So my body was at the lowest possible point ever, and my, my mind as well. And at that moment, you dropped me in a completely different atmosphere. 
to everything. So my body just started to how is that how did that song from neophyte go it's the sound of your brain cracking <laughs> yeah well that's what it felt like but at that moment i didn't have a clue what was happening to me so you were just there thinking you're tired or i had moved i'm in a good point in my life and uh yeah yeah well i can i can imagine of- that, that you're sort of torn up between um the the knowing uh from an outside side point of view mm-hmm. that you're actually in a great point in life for yeah. people that are not you would say yeah. what the hell are you bitching about you're yeah. flying around the world you got a new house and that's the you've got a fight. girlfriend yeah and that's the constant fight that went out that went on in my mind you know like uh that was actually one of the first times that i didn't felt like traveling that i didn't felt like going on tour i just wasn't feeling like it um so I can, all- can, can you explain that a little bit better because Personally, I completely understand mm-hmm. what you mean, but a lot of people think like, damn, you're living the dream life, but yeah, yeah. can you tell people why it wasn't the dream life? Um, to me, it was because it was really lonely, because I was always on my own, and of course, you're surrounded with a lot of people. Yeah, like, but it's always superficial, and it's always happy and exactly. fun. But it's, it's like always the same story, you know, same questions, same stories. Uh, you don't have any deep connection with someone else, and this sounds pretty lame, I know, but a person needs deep connections in his life. Uh, if it's with Th- your family, there is no level of trust you've got with uh, random people you meet. They might be the nicest people ever, yeah. But sometimes you need like close friends and family exactly. that will tell you like, "Hey, Joey, yeah, can you shut the yeah. fuck up uh, about music <laughs> for normal, five minutes dude. and just chill?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And sometimes you just need to lay on the floor and pet a kitty. Yeah, exactly. Be a human. And that's what never happens when you're on tour because all the people that you meet uh, are people that you don't really know. It's one fucking roller coaster. Yeah, it's just a roller coaster. And not even for, not only for your body because the food's not that good and you don't have like regular times that you eat, you know, like the pattern's completely fucked. Uh, so your, your biorhythm is non-existent. Yeah, so your body is, is having a bad time. It has to adapt to everything where you are, you know, in India, the temperature it, for in the hotels, it's like freezing. Where you're outside, it's like 50 degrees. Uh, the, the drought inside an airplane that yeah. will mess up your sinuses exactly. and everything. Exactly, height, uh, loath, uh, all the people around you, like all those impacts. Uh, your different, brain ha- different spices in food and yeah. everything. Yeah, and your your stomach as well. Like with the hygiene in in India, your stomach and your body, it's it's going completely, completely nuts. Um, so while your body is already having a hard time like trying to taking care of it you know like survive the mental part also collapsed with me because i was just um at a really bad place at that moment because i did the moving and um i think i was already walking with with some kind of idea for about a few years that i didn't really felt home in this industry yeah, uh, as, as an artist? I, I know the, those ideas. Sometimes you don't have a whole idea that you can put into words. It's more like a shadow of an idea. Yeah, I just That's somewhere in there until exactly. you make the right connection. And it's yeah. like, I've been thinking this for a whole, exactly. for ages. And that's exactly what happened to me uh, when I went to the psychologist and stuff. I started talking about it. And uh, then I went to a career coach. Uh, it was something I've never heard before. You, before you continue, mm-hmm. may I say that I think it's absolutely amazing that you're so open about this. <laughs> I actually talked about this as well, but to me, this is like natural, you know, it's something that I experienced, it's something that I conquered uh, in the end, and it's natural to me to share this as I've, I'm, a, I'm a really open guy, I don't really have secrets about anything, that's probably Dutch as well, you know, like I'm really, uh, my, my tongue is, no, my heart is on my tongue, um, and that's with this as well, like why would I be ashamed to share this, and I actually really believe that if people 
feel bad about something in their life. Like not even artists, but if you have a shitty job and you want to change your life or, or if you're in a relationship and you're not happy. In the end, it's all about ha- being happy and happiness is different for everyone. Yep. Uh, and that's where I found out like the artist's life isn't my happy place. But I, I, yeah, I just needed to find that out and that's what happened at, uh, at the career coach actually. Because I did a personal test, like a personal, uh, um, how do you call that? Um, yeah, personality test. Yeah, personality or what, what, test. What, what kind of job suits you or what kind of guy yeah, are you? Yeah, exactly. On? So I, need to do t- I, need, I needed to do two tests, personality test and um, like career test, look, job test. Oh, so I hate who, doing who, those tests. They always say like the worst thing. My, usually my personality yeah. test turns out I'm a complete psychopath. <laughs> And my career test usually says something like, uh, you're a complete psychopath. <laughs> But um, <laughs> no, for some reason, I do really bad at tests. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I did, the, I did the personality test, and which wasn't really a surprise to me, as in I'm, I'm a really laid-back guy. I don't really want to be in the picture, just as normal <laughs> Joey, you know? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sketching two different scenes. Yeah. Here. Like, I have Joey and I have Joey Suki. That's how I see it. You have, like, a split... Uh, Every artist has that split, but it exactly. depends on what do you use of your own personality yeah. in your professional yeah, exactly. career. Exactly. And um, at my personality test, I found out that all the things I needed to do as a DJ yeah. and as a producer, which was the life that I was living at this moment, at that moment, was like 180 degrees <laughs> of what I should do as a person. Oh wow! And that's what that was the moment for me when all the when the puzzle when the puzzle came together. When I was like, okay. What the fuck? <laughs> so for, for, for the first time, you saw sort of factual information. Yeah. I mean, psychological tests, it's always a bit subjective, but yeah. at least when there are healthcare professionals specialized in that area that could, you know, show you like, dude, you're like, you know, the, the square thingy trying to get into the round hole. Yeah, you know, there was, there was like this, this graph, uh, which was a round, round thing with like peaks in it. And yeah, the yeah. peaks were, were the, like the things that was really important to you. So let's say uh, colleagues or uh, working on your own or like uh, being a career tiger or just being happy with a normal job, you know. And there were a few peaks in it, like two or three, and they were completely opposite of my personality. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I wow. couldn't have... I couldn't have imagined taking a worse job than this, you know? <laughs> and I was like, okay, how did I manage to make that decision without even knowing it was the wrong decision? Yeah, but I, I know why, because it it's is something so you just, attractive, the DJ yeah, life. Yeah, that as well. But it's also something that, um, it, it, it goes so slowly. It's, it's not something that happens in a day, you know? Like, you know no, yourself. You, you get sucked into this. Exactly. You, it starts off because it's a hobby, and it, it starts off because you do it because you like it. I think what you just said is a major turning point. The moment mm-hmm. that your hobby starts to become a, a, a career difference. when you yeah. know when music starts becoming music business because yeah. then all of a sudden the biggest bitch of them all gets involved called pressure yep but um for people that right now are on the verge of a burnout that have no clue mm-hmm. what is like what are the telltale signs where you can see oh this guy's going down and like yep any second now Um, well, I'm not really a specialist when it comes down to burnouts, but I can I can tell you my story. As in, I had a lot of panic attacks. Like I really started to felt uh, like physically sick. Like my body was giving me signals, like something's going wrong, uh, because it was just like action reaction. You know, something happened in my mind which told my body something's going wrong. I'm shutting down, which was uh, throwing up, like shaking, being cold, being warm. All those things were signs from my body that something went wrong somewhere. 
So, so sort of like an impending sense of doom or in some way? or It's like a precaution, you know? Uh, y- your body is just... Uh, it, it wants to protect you. Uh, protect you. That Because um, yeah, that's the strange thing about most panic attacks. They don't come with a manual. No. It's more like, here! It's like, here's a shitload of feelings <laughs> and symptoms, but we're not going to tell you yeah, why. Find out why. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow, that, that's and that's the hardest wow. part. And I had my first panic attack in India, and that's why that whole trip was one bad trip for me. Because I didn't, I really didn't know what was happening to me. I just felt really sick, and at the same time, panic in my head. You know, like I couldn't make things straight, and I, 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 I thought people were following me and stuff, and all those things. Like the weirdest thoughts go through your head, and um, that was that was why that that five days was like crazy for me. I and can then, imagine that that was kind of a roller coaster. Yeah. And that took my last energy because I was already low on energy because I did the moving and stuff and the traveling as well. I was tired and uh, bad food because I, I also didn't eat that well because I knew that hygiene was bad. So I, I lived on water and cookies, like dry cookies. Very nutritional. Yeah, it was it was terrible. And when your body is already weak, you don't give them nutri- and it doesn't you don't give it nutrition. You know, it doesn't get any better. Nope. Your body needs vitamins and and dinners made by grandma. So actually, when I cut back and when I went to the psychology and uh, psychologist and stuff, and I sketched the scene, they were looking at me and said, "Like, you probably did like everything you could have done done wrong in that five days went wrong." (laughs) I was like, "Yeah." So now I know. So basically, when it comes to burnout, mm-hmm. and if burnouts were a game, and I'm not saying it's a game, and I'm mm-hmm. not saying it's funny, but if they were a game, you were the guy that chose like easy, medium, or ultra hardcore mode. I was ultra hardcore. Yeah, mode. let's go for ultra yeah. hardcore. I was going all in. So you you went for like the platinum trophy. Yeah, and we're exactly. talking PlayStation here. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. And at that moment. And once again, you're being a perfectionist. You don't get a regular burnout. <laughs> just, you just go all the way. I just go all in, yeah, and have the full experience. But how yeah. did you... I mean, I think it's one thing that that all happens, mm-hmm. and that's not a minor thing that's mind-crushing. And then you realized you had a burnout. Yeah. Uh, well, yay. You, now you have a label. Yeah, and that's, and, what? and that's like the hardest part, you know? Like figuring out you have a burnout and figuring out something is going wrong in your life isn't that hard. You probably feel like it because your body's telling it. You know, like something's yeah. going wrong. Okay, thanks. But then is the hardest part. What's going wrong? Uh, what's making you unhappy? What's making you feel this way? And I think, I'm not sure, you know, those kind, those two years has been kind of a... A blur. A blur to me. <laughs> uh, I really can't pinpoint moments, but I do know what happened. I, I, know, I know how that feels. It's called <laughs> yeah, it's touring. like your last weekend, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck I did, but... Uh. Um, but... Um, what was I telling? I was <laughs> you see, that is exactly that's, the point. That's the thing. No, uh, it's about you know coming back, and um, oh, yeah, yeah. and that is what one point you wanted to focus uh, on, uh, and you said it earlier: the, the reintegration yeah. into society. And I know from my experience as a DJ, and I've been doing the European summer tour for mm-hmm. you know two months every year, just crazy flights every day. And um, luckily, I have. You know, I've seen all the sides, done the, the business in there, so I'm not really eager to go that crazy again. <laughs> but I always had a difficulty after two months where every eight hours there is at least one deadline. It's either an alarm clock or you have to check in, yeah. you have to check the out, flights. you have to email, you have yeah. to do an interview, you have to do a performance. And even though uh, it all might be very fun things to do, mm-hmm. you know, it's the same with, with pancakes. Pancakes are amazing, but once you ate one too many, it's you don't want to eat pancakes anymore. anymore. No. So... 
every uh, September, because I was usually, you know, leaving in July, coming back at the end of August, mm -hmm. I really had to reintegrate into society and yeah. my mind was all festivaled up. So I had a festival feeling at a Tuesday morning while I was yeah. doing groceries and Damn, sometimes it's it took hard. me more than like two weeks before I was yeah. like a functioning member of society. Yeah. And that sounds so... And that's just two months you have to you have to get back But for you, that was years. To, for, to me, it was like eight years, I think, something like that. Fuck. And actually what I needed to do, like first, I, I, I think I didn't, I didn't do anything for like a year. I was just trying to figure out what was happening and what I wanted to do with my life. And that took me, I think, for about a year, something like that. Yeah, because I, I, I can imagine and that, that you've lost all anchor points. Your, your definition of Everything. normal. And you know, um, to me, like the, the most important things in your life, you know, your relationship, your home and your job, that's like the three things, everything's around, well, built th around. Things like what is your, uh, your, your normal default setting for yeah, exactly. how do I feel when I feel good? When you wake up, exactly. you say, oh, I feel good. Yeah, exactly. And to me, the work part was cut off because I, I was completely disconnected with being an artist and, produ and a producer and I needed to find something else. So that was cut off. So that yep. was already a problem. Uh, then, because I was already feeling bad, my relationship started to hurt, of course, because my yeah my girlfriend had to deal with a guy that was not like the the most nice guy when he was home, uh, and he was having I was having a lot of problems with myself, so I couldn't really deal with her problems and with her life and yeah you already needed two of you to handle yourself. I was already having a hard time trying to figure out what I needed to do, you know. Um, and that's why my relationship ended as well afterwards. And that also had to mean that I had to move. I went back to my parents. So all the main pillars in my life got cut off. And that I th was... I think we have to add another trophy to this, man. Yeah, man. I, We're going yeah. for like legendary ultra yeah, hard. <laughs> exactly. And that was like the deepest point ever. As in uh, the only safe spot to me, like my home and my girlfriend got cut off. For logical reasons, of course, because it, the relation just, didn't work anymore. Just because it's logical doesn't mean it doesn't hurt us exactly. like, like crazy. Um, so I went back to my parents' place, and that was... I still remember the, the moment when I was laying in my first children's bed, you know, like my home where I started off making music. I rock was laying there. Rock bottom. And, yeah, exactly, rock bottom. Like, that's what it felt like. Like, I couldn't go any deeper than this. This is it, you know? I, I have nothing to lose anymore. The only thing I still had that, that got... Could break down was my car, you know. <laughs> that was the only thing I was thinking. Like, okay, if this please is don't tell me your car broke down. <laughs> no, no. it survived. The, yeah, it survived. Yeah, it still <laughs> does. Um, but there was a moment where I felt like, wow, this is rock bottom. Um, and then I think I lived there for about four months. Mm -hmm. And in those months, my parents told me like, okay, Joey, uh, you've been thinking about all this stuff for about a year and a half now. Maybe it's time to do something. It starts just get out of out of your head and start moving start yeah making progress in something and at that moment there was like a, a job appliance for uh, in a factory mm -hmm. um and my parents told me like why you're not gonna work in a factory for like three months because it was just a part-time thing for three months i had to fill in for someone else and at that moment i felt like yeah why not you know nothing to lose i'm just going to do it, it was in my hometown as well for a clothing company and the job was uh, adding price tags to close all day long. That was that it. That is a very complicated job. Exactly. Like at least 5,000 till 10,000 clothing, uh, uh, like pieces of clothing were delivered there every day and I needed to tag them all together with someone else. Out of sheer curiosity, mm -hmm. how many times did you tag yourself? Uh, 
Because if, if I would have done that, I would go home like in the beginning. I, I would actually, have price tags everywhere because of your fingers. You know, you hit, yeah, you hold it back and then pop into your finger. Yeah, in the beginning a lot, but you, <laughs> you might be surprised how, how how fast you can learn tagging. You know, like after after a week or something, like full time job. You're getting pro at it. I've seen a lot of schools, but I've never seen a class, you know, tagging no, clothing neither. 101. No. But, but I ended up uh, working at the factory where I was working with two other persons, uh, which was uh, a woman, like a mother from, I think, 55 years old, mm-hmm. and another guy, 42 years old, which was already working there for 25 years. So we actually didn't do, do anything else than that. Did um, that create perspective for you? Yeah. But I'll tell you afterwards. Uh, first, the woman that was working there was a mother of one of my friends from high school. Or, well, basic school. Early, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The stuff that comes after kindergarten. Exactly. <laughs> like, really young. I, I played football with him. And uh, the one of the first things she told me when I was entering the building, she was like, my son told me... I told my son that you were going to work, and, he, and the first reaction he was giving was like, are you sure it's Joey? He's a famous DJ, you know? Are you sure... He's coming to work here. That's got to hurt. And to me, exactly. That was one of the things I was like, yeah. it's like headshot. <laughs> I can imagine that being, an, uh, you know, it, even though what you did is absolutely what you needed to do from a human point of view, I, I can understand from your, your ego. Yeah, but that's that's <laughs> the thing. I'm, I'm a really down-to-earth guy. I know that all the things that I've been doing in my career is crazy loco shit and it's not <laughs> normal you know like it's not the normal thing normal people would do in their life but after a while it gets normal for you and that's the thing that scared me because i was already all uh, always thinking that i always n- knew where that line was and that i always still knew where I, where my place in society was and of course i knew that people were that people knew me because i was a dj and sometimes you got shit for free because you were famous or whatsoever i accept accepted that but at the same time i also knew that it wasn't normal and i was all that that was one of the things i was really scared of to not become that asshole you know like that famous asshole you get sucked into that even though i'm personally always very happy um i did the worst thing ever in regard to getting free stuff i I made a post Mm -hmm. uh, on facebook because i was you know checking out myself and it's like "Mm." All right, I got a sponsored pair of pants, a sponsored <laughs> shoes, sponsored watch, sponsored cap. And there's just one thing I don't got. I, nobody ever sponsored me socks. So, fuck it, just gonna socks. do this. <laughs> Lo and behold, I got sponsored socks. Yes. Thank you, Grip Socks. Yeah. But um, I'm now officially the biggest douchebag on yeah. the planet. But um, your platinum status. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Getting sp- sponsored boxer shorts is one thing, but socks, that exactly. is next level that's stuff. Li- that's the life, yeah. And they're comfortable as hell. Nice. And, you know. I'll look it up. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah. yeah. But, one, but to I, me, I, at one point, I also have that. I live together with my girlfriend, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this company sent me uh, oh, some clothing. I don't really like this shit. And she's looking at me like, dude, dude, you got that shit for free. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that reflects back on me. And then I'm thinking in, fr- about myself, like, damn. That's I'm a shit. bigger asshole than I thought. Exactly. And that was the thing that scared me the most. And that that's why that reaction from that mother hurt me a lot. Um, because that was a moment when I knew, wow, it changed me. Being an artist changed me as a, per- as a person. It does. It's slippery and business. That I've never thought about it until that moment. That was, and that was like an eye-opener to me. Like, wow. Okay. It, it changed me more than I would have thought so because i knew of course that it changed things but not my personality but it definitely changed my personality 
And that's that was a moment I decided like, okay, I'm so done with this stuff. I'm going to do like normal life, like no music at all. I'm cutting it all off. I, I unfollowed all the people from the music industry, DJs, colleagues. So th- th- that was like figuratively, t- t- so figuratively speaking, that one pancake too many. That was yeah. like the last drop. Yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, it was already on a low, yeah, on a low level, of course, because I wasn't really feeling. I didn't make any music anymore, but. Like also the passion for music was pretty much gone. I didn't listen to that much music anymore, but that was the last thing. You know that that was the thing that made me decide like, okay, fuck this, I'm done. Um, and I was planning to work there for um, three months and to yeah get back in reality and and level with life, you know, level mm-hmm. with society. And it was a really hard time for me, as in the first one and a half two months, I noticed that I was thinking at least five to ten times a day while I was tagging those things, I was thinking like, why I'm not going back to DJing? Because I can make this salary, which I'm earning in, in a month right now, I can make it in one set, one yeah. DJ set. Yeah, just 90 minutes and I'm done. That thought, you know, that's also a thought that scared me because it was also a thought that's not normal, you know? Well, um, from a financial point of view, it is normal. Yeah, it but is, but it's not, like, uh, it's not like reality. It's not like... All the people in the world have to work that hard to get that amount of money. I think the scariest part, um, no, I'm saying that wrong, but could it be that the scariest part for you was that you were still thinking about it as a viable option yeah, yeah, exactly. while you knew that yeah. it was what that was put the, you in that position? Exactly, that was it. Because I knew going back to being a DJ would destroy me in every possible way. Um, but still, it felt like being addicted to it. It felt like a drug addict uh, that got hold of the, a little bit of coke again. You know, that's what it felt like. Like, I needed it. A pumping audience just going mad at a production exactly. just made is like fucking heroin. And that and that working in that factory for about eventually six months, because I liked it so much, um, working in that factory for six months was like rehab to me. So that was sort of yeah, your, you know, that factory, it might not sound that... Um, spiritual yeah. but in a sense it was your spiritual therapy. uh you know yeah tibetan monk kind of zen it moment was therapy. it was literally every day uh, that's why I, what, what i wanted to say like the other guy that was working there for 25 years it was so great to talk with him and i had so so much great talks with him because we were together all day long and there was just one radio and us so we could talk about everything all day long and what and what really interested me was how could you work at the same place at the same day, same times, same work every day for 25 years without getting bored because I needed like interaction changes all day long, you know? And I was just really interested in his story and I wanted to find out why, you know? Like why why wouldn't you want to become a manager or to become a, the owner or whatsoever? Because I'm, I, I needed that. And he really brought things in perspective to me. Like, why Why would I care, you know? Like, I'm going home at 5 o'clock, nobody's calling me, nobody's emailing me, I'm turning, on my, I'm turning on my barbecue, having the best night ever, and tomorrow I'll be back, same thing, and then I'll continue to work. And I was like, fuck. That is certainly a, a way to go move. through life. Yeah, exactly. And at that moment, that was my choice as well. I decided to exactly live the life he had, so really, really... Ease down, you know, like no, my phone, I didn't have, I I wasn't an artist anymore for about a year and a half. So nobody needed me anymore at the email. Uh, My social media was pretty dead. Um, The only persons who who called me or texted me were friends and family. So yeah, 
perfect, you know. Like I, I came home. I was wor- I, I was working till five o'clock, clocked out with the with the, the thing, you know. Beep, you're done. Exactly. Went home, chilled in the garden, had some drinks with friends. Perfect. Until for after four months, maybe. And then ambition strikes. Exactly. <laughs> after four months, like everything started to tingle, you know. Like okay, I I, I need more than this. Uh, I want more. And then the feeling of the music industry came dribbling back a little little bit. Yeah. Uh, and then I got the option to work at a record label at Be Yourself Music. Oh, yeah. Um, That's um, from... Dick. What? Dick Leia, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, not Dick Leia. Um, Another Dick. Yeah. Wait, that came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Didn't mean to be Dick. Yeah. Um, but then... That possibility came on my way after uh, six months working in the factory, and I decided to do that for full time. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, my goal was to get like a full time uh, agreement to because I didn't want to work for myself anymore. I made that decision in my head, and I started working there, uh, running some labels, doing um, um, yeah, like promotional sides of the releases, marketing sides, all those stuff. What well, wasn't it sort of like? Um confrontating to be that close to the fire, but not be you know. Mm the the focus of it not at that moment because at that moment i already decided for myself like i i'm never gonna be an artist again you know like at least not touring and all those stuff mm-hmm. um so no it really felt okay to me it, it was a bit weird because a few artists came by the office every now and then or managers or bookers or other label owners and i knew them from my artist life so it was a bit weird at the beginning to see them again it's a, it's a different position where you're in because w- when you're an artist you you know without even realize it people yeah. um acknowledge you in a different way they approach you in a different yeah. way yeah and that, that's the feeling you get you know like they look differently at you um but i couldn't really care at that moment i was okay with myself you were just i'm done i don't yeah, care exactly i made my decision and i was happy with it so i really couldn't care about how anyone else would who think about me. So I actually had the best time there. Uh, at the beginning, I didn't think I would learn that much there because I already run my own label for about two years. Mm-hmm. So I thought like, you know, I've seen it all uh, from the label side, but I, I still learned a lot in that year. But exactly with that year as well, like my like I said, my goal was to get a full-time um, like full-time employment job, yeah. there, like just a normal life, you know? And during that year my ambition started to strike again. And I had the idea of, okay, I've had all this experience. I've had all these things that happened to me, the burnout, but also the success and the starting point and all those things. Why um, can't I help other artists with this? Or why can why wasn't there someone along the way for me who, could I, who, who, who I could go to with questions or advice or, you know, being... I, I know from firsthand it's nearly impossible, except for y- your thing, artist yeah. coach, uh, artistcoaching.nl, <laughs> um, to find somebody to talk to. Uh, and especially someone who's neutral in this industry. Well, and especially somebody that knows how this industry works. Exactly. I had, yeah. a, I had a coach at one point. Mm-hmm. A life coach or what? what was uh, no, it? yeah, it was an artist uh, coach. Football and, coach. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, me and football. I've got two... Uh, <laughs> No, I'm not cut out for for football, man. <laughs> the only thing I can do when I'm on the field is I'm sort of the butcher. Uh, yeah. I, I used to play soccer. Like you um, cut legs. Yeah, they just put me in there. It's like you know, A Vato te- can't play for Jack, but yo, see that guy number 12? Yeah, mess up his ankles. <laughs> right, got that. Cool. 
But, but you um, had a coach. Yeah, I had a coach, okay. and she was a really nice woman, and mm -hmm. I felt really comfortable there and everything. But because she wasn't, you know, she, she was used to coaching singers and exactly, and yeah. people that didn't know how it is. Because right now, as a DJ, you have to be a DJ. You have to be a producer. You, you have to, to follow you have the to trends. You have man. to be on top of your fashion. And yeah. I think you, uh, luckily, you missed the whole part where everything right now is just about, you know, at one point, I'm seriously looking at the industry and it's like, are they booking artists or are they booking vloggers right now? Because yeah. they expect you to post like a million times a day on Instagram, Instagram story, your Facebook, your yeah. Twitter, get this and that. And, you know, back in the days when, you know, all of us guys, like also Hartwell and Afro, Afrojack, Sydney Samson, Quitino, at Rehab, everybody started. Hey, uh, you know, Twitter was a thing like... Uh, if hey, you posted like two times on Twitter, you were the king, man. Yeah, that, that yeah. was it. And people were like, yeah, what the fuck am and I going to say? remember Hives. Yeah, wow. th that was a thing. But, you know, yeah. right now the pressure is so ridiculously high mm -hmm. that um, I think your thing, the artist coaching, um, needs people from now. People that yeah. know how it is to be in India. Know how it is exactly. to be with a massive hangover and, in an airplane. Know the, how it is and to... And that's exactly what I missed as well. And that's why I started this. Because I was thinking, okay, what was the thing that I missed in my career? Could I have prevented this burnout? Uh, if I had someone next to me who could advise me on certain moments or who could have advised me on certain points in my career about agreements or personal personal, If choices. you could have had... If, if you had like sort of like this magic globe time machine thingy mm -hmm. and you could give yourself advice. Let's say like now Joey Suki would like undercover yeah, yeah. be able to in a different parallel universe yeah. um, be the artist coach for the past Joey Suki mm -hmm. in his uh, high time days we're almost going crazy <laughs> what would you have told yourself like what would really have helped you if a coach would have done what learn how to say no and make choices for yourself yeah, learning how to say no is very difficult when everything just at some point yep. just flies your way and that's why you have to do it yeah, I have no problem with saying no. You know, I've got two middle yeah, fingers I, and they I, get used very you often. You know, one of the things I always admired uh, from you is because you you were like the guy that I needed to be at that moment, you know? Like, you really had your stuff figured out. At least I thought. I'm not sure if it was, but... Oh, I'm not exactly a guy with a plan. No, but it seemed like you had your <laughs> shit figured out and you had everything running and you thought through a lot of stuff. And I actually found that, I like, uh, I found that out like uh, when we had a really good talk when we met at my home and at my studio because I think that was the first time we really had a deeper yeah, conversation. Yeah, we had you know? a good, I think we talked more than we did producing. Yeah, exactly. And that was the moment where I knew like, okay, it isn't just the DJ with the hat on, you know, because you, was, you were oh, still wear, wearing the hat at that it, moment. I just look retarded. Yeah, no, but <laughs> at, on the stage, you were like a crazy guy. And if I, if, I, if I had to judge you on your social media, you were like this crazy artist. Oh, hell who yeah. You didn't have a I clue mean, what he was doing. If people judge me on my social media, I'm a massive coke yeah. addict. I'm, uh, you know, do every kind of drugs. Yeah. I, I've got four types of HIV. Exactly. And uh, that's what I was seeing as well, because I didn't I knew you as a person. Then we had that talk. And then I was like, fuck, this is a smart guy. Like, I never could have imagined that you were thinking about all those deeper things behind your career and you made choices that led to your success. To me, it was just like, you put on the hat, throw a party, and that's it. And um, no, But that's exactly what I want people to think. Yeah, but that's, that's like smart, you know? That's, that's business-minded. That's branding, actually. Well, I don't know why I did all that stuff. It just seemed logical at the time. Yeah, but if... if you, if I had to see, if I have to tell you right now what it is, to me, it's it's like a company, it's branding, it's marketing, up and top, you know? 
It's yeah, just I like, mean, in hindsight, it is, but at the time, it's uh, your personality as well. Listen, I, I never told yeah. you why I put on the hat. Because I, I always admired those hats because Jamiroquai had a hat like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I love Jamiroquai. Uh, Dutch rapper Sticks at one point, mm-hmm. I think he had uh, one of those hats on. I think I even spotted Fed Legras yeah, way back true. with one yeah, of those yeah. hats on. Yep, true. And, um, he had a, I think he had a press pics. Yeah, yeah, Fed busted. Yeah. Um, so uh, we had this party somewhere in the middle of the Netherlands and uh, people knew. Um, my name and mm-hmm. people knew my mixtapes but they didn't know knew my face and yeah. i think at that point most djs were just a logo and music there was no face involved and i thought like you know let's put a face in there and you know i have a mirror at home and uh, you know i don't look like you know uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying i'm butt ugly but let's be honest. I'm not a model. I'm never going to be a model, you know. I'm not not no Channing Tatum or, you know, one of those masculine looking guys with yeah. like the big jaws and everything and like the deep resonating voice. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not me. So, and then I saw the I bought one of those hats and then there was a Dutch song that came out and the lyrics are um Ik ben dom lomp but famous uh, yeah. which translates oh, into yes. I am dumb stupid and famous. Yep. Um well the rest of the lyrics is um well pretty much uh, bitches are suck on my dick. <laughs> I didn't defend the lyrics. That's it. That was it. Yeah. So um and I wanted to make a statement there. So People were all psyched up of articles. I was going to be there and I was already yeah, walking in the audience. Were blowing up at that moment. Yeah, and people were asking yeah. me, hey, do you know if Vato Gonzalez is here? And I, and I thought backstage, like, I got to do some ridiculously stupid shit, so stupid yeah. that people will remember me. And then I thought, yeah, I made a remix of that song. And it started out with exactly those lyrics I am dumb, stupid, and famous. Bitches are, you know. Mm-hmm. So I put on the hat and I looked in the mirror like, Yes, yep. my man, this looks properly retarded. Yeah. And uh, then I turned off the music in like the worst way possible. It was like... Just like somebody threw up on the mixer. <laughs> and all the, all the while that was happening, I was looking at the audience like this. Just staring at them like there were bags of, of horse manure. Yeah. And then I took the mic in like the slowest way possible. Um, hi, I'm Vato. I, I, I sort of, um, you know, with these ridiculously long pauses that people are like, you better come <laughs> yeah. up with some good shit here. <laughs> I, I only, you know, stuttering for the extra dramatic effect. Only got like one major problem. And then I pressed play and then the song came in, which was Smart. the major number one hit at the moment. And it said, I'm dumb, stupid and famous. And yeah. people are like, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> But people remembered that moment because what I wanted to do is cre- create a level of annoyance that was only one tiny inch away from yeah. people massively bashing in my brains. <laughs> and um, if you know how to get to that point and flip it into positive energy, and I made a bootleg yeah. of that song, so it went off like mad. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I build up like a whole lot of hate and instantly could f- transform the energy into happiness. Positive, yeah. And at that point, it was like, all right, I'm keeping this hat. But- Looking back at that moment, you know you know what you were doing, right? It's branding and marketing. Well, I hadn't done before, and no, exactly. any manager would have at told that, me that's suicide. No, exactly. But at that moment, you didn't know what you were doing because it just felt like it was the right thing to do for you. But that's, that's pretty much what I always do. I just mm, exactly. But this if feels you, right. If Let's you go. look at it from a business side, it's just like getting yourself out there and making sure people recognize you. And yeah. of course, people can recognize your music. And 
I actually did the same thing, but it's not because my smart insights. It's because you were a badass with the stickers, man. Your stickers were like everywhere. Well, one of those things, exactly the stickers as well. That was one of the first things. Well, as it was well. like the the round sticker the with spots. the blue, the Joey Suki hotspot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everywhere yeah. I came, I put on a sticker, Joey Suki hotspot. Um, but all those ideas came from friends of mine because. I sucked at marketing. I, I, I just wanted oh, to make but, music. You know, that's what I think Einstein said. You know, um, creativity is just the art of covering up your, your, your sources. Yeah. Everything and you do and everything everybody does is based on something somebody else did. Yeah. And luckily, I had friends who had powers on different places, as in one was really good at marketing, one was really good at designing. Yeah, because uh, your designs were like... Yeah, and that was a friend of mine, you know, so hey, I well, luckily... Wasn't that Alvaro? Uh, no, no, no. Emil. Ah. But he also did the sneakers covers as well, the sneakers. Ah, yeah. Um, but luckily, I had those guys around me who helped me with those kind of things. And it actually all started when I had the first uh, the collaboration with Hardwell. Uh, that was the moment when one of my friends came to me and he said, like, dude, why aren't you posting anything about this collaboration? Because I was just like, yeah, it's cool, it's a cool track, it's going to be released on Revealed, nice. And then he said, no, man, you have to squeeze the shit out of this because he's really popular and you can get bigger because of this. Yeah, but th that's sort of the problem from the age we come from. We come from an age where we're yeah. all the DJs were equally nerd guys in the bedroom yeah. making music. And if somebody blew up because we were so close yeah. to each other, we, we didn't really notice that this exactly. guy was like massively world famous it, at this yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. And at that moment, like that was the moment to me where business meets the creativity. Yeah. That, that was the moment it all melted together. And then me. pressure comes into place. Yeah. and But that was also the moment where uh, I got interested in marketing because I really never heard about it or read something about it or whatsoever. And um, after he, he guided me along the way, he actually ended up being my tool manager. Uh, so we spent a lot of time. He, he, he's been there from the moment of the collaboration until the end. And so he still is. From coming up to burning down. Yeah, exactly. Building it all up, breaking it all down. Sorry. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um, That's how you know it's a good whiskey, when it makes that floop sound. <laughs> yeah. um, it's true. I read it online. Oh, nice. Fun fact. <laughs> and everything on the internet is true. That's true. If it's on Facebook, it's true. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> But um, he, he helped me with it and it, it really got me interested in marketing. So how is it possible that you can sell something that's bullshit? You know, like how Have you ever watched television after 11 o'clock? Yeah, but that's the thing. If you yeah. look at it without thinking about it, you don't even think about it. And it's just being entered into your body and you're being completely like normal people go. They see Coca-Cola and five minutes later they buy Coca-Cola because they just recently see the ad. But if you don't know what's happening in between, what the process is, why that is happening, that's the marketing part, you know? Like, why would you put out uh, billboards? Why would you put out Facebook advertising? And all those processes, that's also because uh, of our brain, of course, that I'm really interested in human brain. Yes, neuroscience. Let's yes. go there. I love yeah, that shit. I love deep shit, man. I all can right, talk commercials. about commercials. Let, let, the thing is, um, yeah. I... Facebook advertisement. Perfect. Like, for the people who are listening right now, like young DJs. Uh, fa Facebook... All right, I'm just going to say it. Facebook just died. Yeah, like a Facebook week ago. Facebook is done. Week ago. Yeah. It's a week ago, it's official Facebook died. I'm I'm really interested to see where those things are heading because they changed like yeah. Yeah, cuz uh, for us yeah. for me as an artist and for me as a personal Facebook user, I have um, the maximum allowable uh, amount of friends. Uh, that's 5000 on Facebook. And oh, yeah. so when I open my timeline, I expect to see a lot of messages. But right now, since the last update, like two weeks ago, I only see messages from the last 20 people I interacted with. Yeah. So I'm missing out on a ton of shit. So I have to, yeah. have to click an extra button. For me as an artist, 
you know, when I used to post like a picture or a video or something where I gave something away for free and I'm it always trying to post something crazy. that is relevant to my audience, then it would get like a, a lot of people looking at it, a lot mm -hmm. of engagement and a lot of people either liking or hating it or at least interacting. And sometimes when I thought, nah, you know, I've got something big coming up, you know, I'm going to put an extra, I put down 50 or 100 euros to really boost it specifically for people yeah. within my target audience fans, yeah. that like music and that like house and everything. So I won't annoy people with it. And I did uh, one of those campaigns like uh, a week or two ago and I got like 20 likes. Yeah, and, and before I would have reached like in the thousands because of that paid campaign. So for me as an artist, having a Facebook page just sort of became irrelevant overnight. It's, you know, it's all about Instagram right now. It's relevant for people who actively uh, are going to look you up, you know, like who, who personally decide to type in your name and to go no, to your page. No, but I actually had a lot of people that just, um, you know, are like, hey, Vato, are you still around? What's happening? Yeah, yeah. Aren't you doing Facebook anymore? And yeah. uh, I said like, yo, look at my page. And they were like, huh? I but but, but I follow stuff. you and yeah. I like everything you do, but I, I, I haven't seen a single thing. So these are like dedicated people yeah. that are truly interested as I am truly interested in some other pages I like. Mm -hmm. And I'm not getting the information I really like. I so think the only safe you can do there is to do that uh, star on, uh, on the top, you know, like follow this page and put it out at first on my timeline. You can select that. If people do that, they will obviously yeah, see but, all but your then stuff. You'll but have that's to like two steps ahead, you know? It's yeah. two steps. It's too much. I, I think they will revert because they're getting so much slack right now. Um, and on the other hand, Facebook was pretty much getting used as sort of a vending machine. So I do understand... <laughs> That people want more out of their Facebook experience than just uh, getting spammed. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, for me, I, I've pretty much shifted all the way to Instagram and definitely Instagram stories. And how is your followers uh, followers amount on Facebook and how is your follow amount on Instagram? Um, I think I got about 20,000. For some reason, I'm stuck at 21,500 people. On Instagram? Yeah, for the last two years. Like exactly 21,500. So I don't know what, what's happening I th I there. I think the algorithm got fucked up. Nah, there's definitely some Illuminati shit going yeah, on. Yeah. Some, Confirmed. Somebody's uh, fucking with you. I, I need to contact my uh, local Illuminati supplier. Connect me. <laughs> yeah. And I'll on, fold the dollar bill, make the signs. <laughs> and on, uh, on Snapchat, how's that doing with you? I, I um, You know, once Instagram stories came up, I stopped with Snapchat. Because really? in, in the Netherlands, most people uh, in my uh, target audience, that means people that actually go to clubs mm -hmm. and have like money to spend mm -hmm. on beer um it's <laughs> so like 18 plus people that go to festivals um those stories. are mostly on instagram and I, i've noticed that um, a much younger audience was on snapchat and i had a couple of thousand on snapchat and much more on instagram but for some reason if i now post a picture on my instagram with 20,000 people i get way more interactions and likes and comments True, yeah. than with 300,000 people on facebook yeah, i have the same or 5,000 yeah. people on my personal facebook it's it's, it's like uh, it became pointless overnight yeah I, I actually had the same like last week i posted something i'm not sure i, I think it was a movie about something oh yeah it was actually a teaser for my new track yeah like four years back there was like high engaging content you know when you posted something uh, about your new track um it was a video and some guy posted underneath it um joey where did your reach go and i looked back at it, it's like fuck 180 people from the 86,000 that i have I was like, how the hell is this possible? 
Yeah, and it's not just you. Um, there's I've been talking to a, a ton of, of people, companies yeah. and yeah. a ton of other artists, and my manager has also been talking to other uh, artists he, mm -hmm. he manages. And you know, managers have these secret Illuminati managers get together, yeah. um, <laughs> and uh, they talk management shit. Yeah, and um, but you know, everybody is right now having this problem, and yeah. I think Facebook at one point they're right. The Facebook experience should be more. Mm -hmm. You know, getting to know people you actually want to know and getting yeah. the info you want to know. But now people that made a deliberate choice like, hey, I like Joey Sucky or I like this guy yeah. um, are not getting that. So I think one of the main things as well with what a lot of people were struggling with, as at least like the legal people, uh, is that it's not really a smart idea when Facebook becomes... Uh, when Facebook is gonna decide what you're going to see, you know, like in uh, when yeah. it comes down to news stuff, and you know, uh, because yeah, when they are going to be in control, the moment people start relying on their news source, exactly, um, uh, you know, on social media, that you you just took a wrong turn. That's like yeah, and that I think that already happens. You know, like there are already a lot of people who who look on Facebook, and that's that's their belief. You know, like this is true. Yeah, and I know it's shitty, sorry, but if you believe everything on I, Facebook is true, you should buy yourself a brain. I know, but it's. I think it's like, it's it's right now that that's what's happening, and oh, I, I love to go onto Facebook and just sometimes just savagely destroying people yeah. with the one thing they hated the most. Uh, it's this annoying little thing uh, called uh, facts. Yeah, people cannot stand facts. They can. Yeah. I think especially Dutch people. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. At least it gives us something to nag about. Yeah. But um, sometimes people think that I'm like really angry behind my computer, but uh, people don't know that you know. Even though my personality test said I'm I'm a total psychopath, uh, maybe I'm sort of more like a sociopath instead. But uh, I, I really enjoy those discussions. These are brilliant. You do know that a lot of genius people are psychopaths, right? Uh, yeah, I also know a lot of mass murdering idiots yeah, are psychopaths, true, yeah. but um. <laughs> And, and I'm pretty that. sure every cat is a psychopath as well. <laughs> yeah. The way these, these these fuckers look at you, like <laughs> one day I'll kill you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, you know, I, I got into a big fight with my cat last night. Oh. We're not seeing eye to eye right now, but we'll be okay. <laughs> but um, no spooning tonight. No, no. I will be sleeping probably on my head. Oh. This creature has no concept of personal space whatsoever, <laughs> and I'm sometimes too tired to wake up anyway. Oh, Sometimes yeah. you just use them as a pillow. I just give up. Yeah. But um, all right. Um, I've looked up uh, some things about yeah. burnouts and uh, you know other things that happen to people when uh, getting to the life. Mm -hmm. And I already said it before the episode. Um, There's a sort of a checklist, and I sure. pretty much got them all. <laughs> so, um, well, ladies and gentlemen, if you're, if you're watching right now, I could like die any second here. Yeah. But um, a couple of causes, and please do correct me if I'm wrong, because you're like way more into this than me. Mm -hmm. um, lack of sleep. Check. <coughs> Caffeine. Yeah, it could be. I'm not sure. I yeah. drink like tons of Red I'm, Bull I'm and guessing, coffee. I do know that caffeine has a, has a pretty effect on your brains, but I'm not sure. I, I'm guessing that... Brains? <laughs> caffeine? I never noticed. Too much of anything is never good, so yeah. Oh, I can drink like 10 of these and still sleep. I do know that stuff's not good at all, so... No, but you won't get fat, but it will kill your liver. Exactly. Yeah. And then you won't get fat. Yeah. So does is advertised. Yeah. That's marketing for you, my friends. Um, also, uh, the thing you're doing right now, overthinking. Because mm -hmm. Overthinking not, kills happiness. Yeah, because I'm That's not planning it. to be 80. People are like, when you do live like this, you drink, you smoke, you drink Red Bull. You're not going to be 80. Yeah, well, I've seen what 80 looks like. Yep. You know what? I'll pass. Yeah. That's a life choice, you know? No, that's a death choice. 
Yeah, but it, it will change your life. As in, if you start thinking like that, like you do, like live the moment, live the now, uh, fuck it, I'll, I'll see where I'll end, you'll have a different life. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the thing is, I am... Um, my brain is... People always say I've got HDHD mm-hmm. or like some borderline autism thingy or uh, ADD or hyperactive. Terms, yeah. The thing is, I have seen so many psychologists and psychiatrists in my life because, you know, in contrast to what people think, I actually do have parents. I wasn't made in a lab. <laughs> I'm not a Powerpuff girl with sugar spice and everything nice, but in the, <laughs> then whiskey, caffeine and everything wrong. But... Um, no, at one point they were like, what the fuck is up with this kid? Um, he's always inside his own head and mm-hmm. everything. And I went to school. I did two bachelors while being high as a kite. Um, but that's the interesting part. How is it possible that people think you're different, weird or whatever tag you put on it? Uh, you're like high energy, you know, but at the same time, you do masters on a university, which is impossible bachelors. for other bachelors. Uh, you do bachelors, which is impossible for a lot of other kids, which are normal, as we may call it. Um, how? You know, that that all happens here. I don't know. I just thought school was stupid. The only reason I did uh, high school on the highest level is just to prove all these idiots wrong. You have a good point there. School. <laughs> let's go there. Do you think school is like a good thing? The process of education in preparing somebody for society is a good thing, but school right now is nothing more than sorting out people in three different levels so they like can be worker bees. Putting people in There is corners, a brilliant yeah. speech um, mm-hmm. by Sir Ken Robinson on um, uh, the, these um, symposia, uh, TED, mm-hmm. TED Talks. TED Talks, yeah. Uh, and it's, I think it's one of the most viewed and I think it's at least a decade old. And it goes about how school kills creativity. I think I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah, And this man makes such a great point. And he asks the audience, like, um, who gets all the brownie points? And that is English for, uh, you know, the the same as in the Netherlands. If you did, you know, if you were top of your class when you were young, you get a sticker. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, I got the sticker. Yeah, I'm the biggest badass. You know, I got an A. Yeah. So who gets all the brownie points throughout from the moment you enter the educational system Mm -hmm. until you finish? And what do you become when you do everything perfect? According to the system. Yeah, when you do everything perfect, when you get straight A's in everything, you'll end up as a professor. The world does not need more professors right now. We have a lot of them. What we need right now on this planet are more people that are creative, that think in new ways of uh, solving age-old problems like, Mm -hmm. you know, poverty, the lack of food, the fact that human beings are fucking like bunnies and, (laughs) you know, we'll be stacking bodies on top of bodies. um, Not because we're dead, just because it's like sardines in a can. I mean, the whole educational system tells you that the worst thing you can do is be wrong. And I have been wrong all my life. I think being wrong helps you be becoming happy, actually. If you're not prepared to be wrong, you'll never come up with anything original. Exactly. And that's also a quote by Sir Ken Robinson. I strongly yeah. suggest if you're watching right now, yeah. check that guy. He is a professor, but he's also quite funny. It's like, am I watching a stand-up comedy show? Or, or? is he serious? Yeah, but he's yeah. insanely brilliant. But I think I really think that um, the reason why... A lot of people are unhappy at this moment, like from all age groups, you know, especially within the 20 to 55 years old age group. A lot of people are unhappy. How many people do you know? A lot. That are happy. Oh, not that where, much. Where you could say like, hands down, this not fucker there much. is happy. Not that much. I think I can count them on both my hands. Definitely. And those are guys that I say like, 
he's happy. You can yeah. you can fuck him up in any possible way. This guy is happy in every possible. He made a choice. Every choice he made in life was because he wanted to make that choice. Yeah, and, and that's and that's the same. Uh, that's why I was asking that about uh, school. You know who who do that making their own choices? Children. Yeah, and that's part of me. That's why I am what I am. Is yep. because part of me is still three. And I really, I, but I also really believe that children are being born in a default setting. Everybody's born in a default setting, you know. Like everything's open. Your mind's open. You don't. There have, is no. There is no way of thinking. There is exactly. no. You don't. There's no black and there's white. There's no zero point. No, yet. exactly. And all those little things, uh, like what's good, what's bad, uh, what hurts, what doesn't, all those things are being decided by your parents and your environment and uh, yeah, the thing where you grew up as a, as a kid, um, school as well. And to a, I think to a lot of a lot of kids, the school where they are right now has been a choice of their parents and not a choice of themselves. I think it is mostly consciously their choice, is but subconsciously. Uh, <laughs> that is, uh, I think, Drano with a little bit of ammonium. I think it's water. It, it, In a cup. Water or butter? <laughs> I don't know. I'm that's, not sure. a, that's a nice looking butter. Mark nog water? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Joey Sucky is drying out. <laughs> no, uh, but continue. Um, we don't have water. Oh shit! Ah, uh, we we got you know, <laughs> we have internet. We have no water. Yeah, there's whiskey though. I but have to um, drive. no. Ever since I was young, I, I already had my own way of thinking. I can still remember being in kindergarten. Yeah, uh, I got into a fight, mm-hmm. and I've always been a very logical thinker. Even though I might sound erratic and like a complete lunatic. Within my brain, it sounds logical. My world is like you know when you sit down on the couch with your ass on the remote control and your TV goes like zap 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 zap. zap. That's my brain. It's like a million mm-hmm. channels at the same time. But the difference between me and somebody with ADHD is that for them it's chaotic. For me, it's normal. I can see a million channels at the same time, yeah. and when somebody says tree in my head, I see every tree I've ever seen and every connection I know to the word tree, and it's like. Mm-hmm. sort of you know you know when you google when you type something in and google already makes predictions yeah yeah that, ha- that happens in my brain all the time so when i was young I, I i couldn't hang out with toddlers i was a toddler i was like uh, four and mm-hmm. i got into a fight because there was um there, i was playing with a little plastic uh lion it's like rawr, rawr, lion yeah i was super happy i was always playing by myself because other kids were just too stupid that, that was my opinion. I was like an arrogant little shit when I was younger. <laughs> and uh, then th- this other toddler came like, yeah, I've got a sheep. Now your lion is dead. Bro, I've got a lion. You've got a sheep. You this this is not going to fly. This lion is in his prime years. You know, yeah. he hasn't been kicked out of the pride. You know, even a half dead lion could fuck up your sheep. Yeah. No, but your sheep is now dead. Oh, yeah. So this kid started touching him. So I bashed his brains in with a lion. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I don't know, when I was younger, I was always a bit different. Uh, I, I, when I got into a fight, it was usually because I found out that I got in trouble for saying facts, but, you know, a teacher wasn't actually up to speed with reality, and I wasn't <laughs> going to back down. It was like, no, I know this I'm is right. right. I know yeah. for a fact, I can prove this is right. Yeah. And yeah, if a teacher was like, yeah, but I'm an authority figure, and I was like, yeah, but I got middle fingers, so <laughs> go F yourself. So, but okay. I've always been like that. Also, in music okay. industry. When I started out, I was like, no, you can't, you can't do it that way. Well, uh, why not? Watch me. Yeah. That's also one of the main things that I have, to, <laughs> I, I have to tell a lot of people who I coach. Like, there are no rules in making music or whatsoever. There are practically no rules in life. No, exactly. It's just like do your own thing. Try to do it in the best way possible. Try be nice to, to people. Don't be a dick. But be but a nice. That's 
Oh man, that's also one of the things. A lot of people come to me like, okay, how do I reach out to DJs or to labels? First of all, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Don't, nobody likes to hang out with a dick, you know? Like nobody wants to well, grab a beer or grab a coffee with... When I'm by myself in a hotel room. But yeah, okay. <laughs> on my own. But it's just it's just simple life lessons, you know? Be a nice guy. I always tell that to uh, when I give workshops. Rule yeah. number one, don't be a dick. Yep. And people are asking me like, why are you saying this? I say, well, because apparently from my experience from the last 20 years of being an artist, don't get it. a lot of you missed a memo here. Yeah. And that that's just weird to me, you know? Like, when I uh, when I quit being a DJ, I started to... Wait, 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 wait. I think the, the previous part was brilliant. <laughs> Let's go cliche, yeah. wrong ways of approaching a DJ. Wrong ways give of approaching a DJ. Give me a cliche and I'll give you another one. Let's come up with cliches. All right, well, the over-promo guy. Yeah, All right, check this out, man. I already got, like, max support for DJ. Nobody gives a fuck on Nobody yep. Gives a Shit FM. On some radio station in country never heard of. It's going to be the best album ever. Everything in capitals with, like, dashes yep. and hashtags. One million tags. And then you see the artwork, and it looks like somebody's demented grandma just got painted <laughs> for the first time. And he's talking, like, yeah, I'm really going to make it. This is, like, the best thing. It's, like, this long. It, it's... Yeah. written but it's it feels like it's like this american dude even though he's probably from yeah. finland but and then i already know it's going to be shit music yeah most yeah most of the time i've never is. seen a post like that and yeah. the song was like yep best music ever, ever. no that never happened true. no it's true more cliches life stories oh i'm a dj from the netherlands i started out when i was I'm 14 16 i'm living with my parents <laughs> blah, blah, blah. and at the end like same size of email you know like i i it will probably take me for about seven minutes of my life to go through that email end up listening learn to learn fast music. reading just yeah but in the beginning you know you feel bad if you don't so you start mm. reading those emails and then you find out like it's just a kick and a clap you know <laughs> like you're missing out on everything and even though i will respond to those guys with you know uh, thank you for the well excruciating long email because i will give them some sarcasm because <laughs> you, you just deserve that and i say you know I'm really happy that you found a way to express yourself and yeah. um, perhaps being a copywriter might be better for you than a producer, but <laughs> um, you know, it's still somebody that put in effort and uh, yeah. it, it, you know, tone it down with the whole life story and spend more time in music. Yeah. But uh, I, I remember the feeling of making your, those first tracks and how, you are so fucking proud when you make but the first things. But how did you do it? Like how, how did you reach out to, of course, like we lived in a different period of life social media wasn't that much of a thing at that moment how did you reach out to djs how, how did you make sure other oh, DJs? i, I did everything like wrong uh, i did the um, cds uh, yeah i did the promo cds yeah. i sent at least a thousand to clubs and uh i oh, got really? uh, exactly yeah. zero responses yeah um, but i think that's comparable with the emails right now you know yeah. like you send out a thousand don't get anyone in, re in, in return yeah but emails are a lot cheaper true <laughs> and my cds were like all nice light scribed and that is a technique everybody forgot because you used to be able to burn a cd flip it around and then the site you're normally right on mm -hmm. you could laser engrave that thing it was amazingly complicated long and Expensive. stupid but whatever i did it anyway so um oh a dj contest without exception oh, wow. i DJ. lost them all i actually won one of them which got me my residency but that's it Hmm. No, I no. actually entered a Nope is Dope contest as well in Rotterdam. Yeah, I lost, I lost that one. I lost. <laughs> was it at uh, Linebahn? Uh, I think Quintino or Afrojack won. No, it was, uh, yeah, but it wasn't in a club. It, it was in a T-Mobile store or it wasn't a telephone yeah, telecom shop. Be. There was some weird thing yeah. going on there. 
was on a Thursday night or something. Uh, I think I was there as well, or one of the later could editions. Be. Could be. Yeah, I, I lost. I lost miserably as well. Yeah. Um, I once lost from a guy that didn't even was behind the DJ booth. He was sitting at a salon table <laughs> with a cigarette in his mouth and not even smoking, but just, just sagging there, having like three controllers. And I think I'll, I've listened to in half a, an hour to just just straight variations of claps, <laughs> and the fucker just won. <laughs> How um, is that even possible? Right? Like, is it money? Is it networking? I, I, what is I, I it? I think at that point in my life, I wasn't able to, you know, to see the brilliance in those claps or something. I, I, I had yeah. the stupid notion I had to, you know, perform and melodies and perhaps stuff. entertain people. Yeah, but um, could be. No, uh, so I did that. Um, there, there's um, the way I actually did it mm -hmm. uh, to get out there. Uh, I made the mixtapes, but the mixtapes I didn't make them. For other people, no, but I think those were a, part, a big part of your success. Dirty House mixtape three was like the turning point in my career. But yeah. I have never made a mixtape for an audience. When I make a mixtape, the the expectancy level uh, of of the audience, the the amount of quality they want, is like two percent of what I demand of myself. Because <laughs> last mixtape, I went so insanely mental in Ableton, I had to switch from a thirty-two bit to a sixty-four bit version because I completely maxed out the allowable memory of a 32-bit program. Like, I, I, I officially had the platinum trophy of Ableton. I wow. just played it out. Game over. And you're still doing the mixtapes? It's still I'm going to make or? one more and then I'm done because it takes okay. me two months to make one. And, wow. um, you know, it time. was a cool part of my life. But, uh, you know, uh, right now I just want to do, like, the easy podcasts because we're living in a world right now. Everything it needs changed. to be snack size and yep. everything needs to be... Fast, fast, people, quick, people are yeah. not going to wait a year. People want yeah. like that kind of mixtape every year. You know, long form content still works, but it just really has to be valuable. And I think a, a good mixtape. It still works, works, but you need to have also like the short. Uh, you know, definitely you have to cut it up in small pieces. Yeah, or you can have like one main thing, and then you do every year, and then also some bite sized snacks in between. Yep. But yep. the mixtape, um, yeah, I just made them for myself. It takes me two months, and long, and that's at least one month of only track selection. And one month that mixtape only exists as a playlist in iTunes. And I'm just listening to it and no, that needs to go first, that last, that I need the acapella of that. And then sometimes I'm like working three days of 18 hours on a transition of, of 10 seconds. That's crazy, man. Because I you're want- you're calling me a perfectionist. No, I'm just going straight up psycho on that shit. But I love that because I want to make transitions that are not possible. I have replayed entire songs. I have stalked the living daylight out of artists because I wanted an acapella for something. Uh, I've remade acapellas. Uh, oh, I've shit. done every dirty filter trick in the book you can imagine. But is it still like, uh, does it get you a lot of uh, engagement still? Or Yeah, because... A lot of fans still like it, of course. I, I like to make a mixtape polished in, in such a way and that the transitions are so fast yeah. that um, it goes beyond the um, comprehensible level. So it is enjoyable, but because everything is in key and everything, you know, it's too perfect. No, yeah, I, no, it's not too perfect because I, I can still change a million things if I listen back right now. <laughs> but um, every mixtape is like the thirtieth full version of a mixtape, and then I listen back, write down everything that annoys me because I want nothing of the mixtape to stand out in a, okay. a bad way. It just needs to be. You, you're in there, and then it's just That's like it. one wave of happiness, <laughs> and, and and everything needs to make sense, but. Because if there's never that annoying point, your brain is never able to grab a certain point that... Yes, so it's just one big moment. mush, yeah. and you can listen to the mush all over again and again and okay. again and again. It has a lot of replay value, but 
to go for replay value in 2018 no, is a suicidal process. Yeah, that's not the way. I, I would encourage you to do it live, you know, like do it with video. Just record yourself playing it, but that's going to be a lot Well, these mixtapes aren't live. No, but if you're, <laughs> if you're able to do something live, uh, and I know you can play a good amount of DJ sets and you, you can play a lot of... Well, there's one thing I'm, I'm really good at doing live. Talking. <laughs> and that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> And let's go a little bit Fuck, back. I, al I almost thought I turned the conversation, you know? <laughs> Wrong. Shit. But um, <laughs> no, uh, be before we go, uh, yeah, let's all, go all sloppy and talking about hot dogs, mm -hmm. um, about the causes for a burnout, because I had a whole list yeah. prepared, and I know, you know, we're on a mission here. True. We have for to the listeners, someone. We, we, we have, have to, to at least turn happy. somebody. Yeah. So um, we had lack of sleep, caffeine, mm -hmm. overthinking. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, for me, overthinking is like, you know, what is normal overthinking for a normal mammal is like, well, that's basically my Monday morning. You know, uh, overthinking was a big part of my failure as well, to it, me. Uh, you, know, you know what helps me? Not it's, overthink. No, uh, give a dog bone. Give a dog bone? Give a dog a bone. Yeah. If your brain is prone to overthink, throw it a good paradox. Okay. When I go to sleep, my brain is like, ah, raging, because mm -hmm. my brain is always raging. Mm -hmm. I'm sort of like the Hulk, I'm always always raging. <laughs> um, and But uh, in order to be able to sleep, and I had some problems with that in the past, because just my brain yeah, keeps going. You just going. have to slow down your brain. You know? And, like I, and it's not calm. even like I'm overthinking. Like it, Overthinking doesn't necessarily have to be anxious or nervous or, no, no. Could or, be or scared. But uh, you know, I could think of a million ways how to make mushroom soup. <laughs> and whether or not, you know, the way you cut it, whether that works with the way the fungus grows. And, you know, just my brain would go, I could think about hot dogs in, in one second and then quantum physics the next. And that is my thing, like quantum physics. <laughs> yeah, 42, that, that's simple. Yeah. Um, actually, reproduction. <laughs> yeah. But it's a sort of a cause and effect thing. Yeah. But uh, no, uh, what helps me? Quantum mm -hmm. physics. Okay. Because it's such a paradox. And in order to be able to fully grasp things like quantum physics, you cannot do that with a brain. No, it just it, completely... It, it's, it's like trying to play a Blu-ray movie on your pocket calculator. Yeah, it just doesn't work. The hardware is not made for that. No. And that is what I do to sleep. I just throw in a conundrum, yeah. like a paradox, a thing you cannot figure out. So you actually make your system crash. It's just stuck in a loop there. And in the meantime, yeah. the rest of myself is like... Out. It's like, yay, I'm out. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, okay. then, then I'll be asleep like in three seconds. Actually... My, uh, my MC had a, has a whole series of movies of my past few days in China because I was literally sleeping everywhere. Oh, wow. I think he got at least like 20 movies. Like, oh, and he's sleeping in the car. He's awake. Oh, no, he's asleep again. And he's yeah. now... I can sleep everywhere. To, you know, to me, overthinking... Um, I think overthinking stopped my success as well because I wanted to ec find an explanation for every choice I needed to make or that I already made in my career. And for some things, there just simply isn't an explanation. You know, we human beings want to have an explanation for everything. For everything we see, everything we hear, everything we touch, we need to have an explanation. Is there something, why do we see stars, you know? What's behind the stars? What's the end? What's happening in between? Uh, why am I happy now? Why am I feeling bad right now? Why do I have, why have you as a friend? Or why am I a DJ? I can we pretty much explain all of those things. Yeah, but that's probably your brain. Pretty fast. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> No, uh, the, the overthinking part, mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's all factual information. It's a lot of time you wonder things, but then you're missing the point. What you should wonder about is why you are wondering. Yep. 
And uh, I've always asked myself the question why I ask myself a question. And it sounds like total BS. No, no. But sometimes... There's a reason why you ask yourself the question. When you can't sleep because you think, oh shit, tomorrow I've got to travel and everything. You should question yourself why you are questioning yourself. And what always helps me in those situations is, can I do something about this problem right this very instant? No. Is there any point of me thinking about it? No. Quantum mechanics. Yeah. And but that, that's like the main question you need to ask yourself every time. Is there something I can change about this situation right now? If you're not able to do that at a certain point. And most of the time the answer is no. So why would you even spend like two hours in your bed looking at the ceiling and don't know what's happening but still can sleep, you know? If you, you need to figure yourself out. It's Your brain is, is a really, really weird thing. And it's just, that's also a weird part about education, you know? When we go to school, we learn everything about our body. Everything. How do muscles work? Yeah, how do the mitochondria, the powerhouse all, of the cells. All those things, Thank you know? You. I even know how plants work, but I don't know how my brains work. I don't know what the relationship, I do know now, but I didn't know like five years back. I didn't know the relation between my brains and my body. Like, what's happening in between? Why, why does this move if I want it to move? Uh, why do I feel... Um, why starts my why does my body starts to shake when I'm nervous? Why does uh, why do I need to throw up when I'm nervous? All those things it all happens here, and that's the thing I really think is interesting, because I, I just really started to dive into the mind about. It's a shame they didn't teach you that at biology. Nothing, nothing, and that's the weirdest thing. Like this controls your body. You know, if you don't have a control over this, how can you control your body? Now, this only controls like half your body, you know, uh, the brain downloaded, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a whole lot of thinking on its own. No, but it's like the subconscious and the conscious mind, you know, oh, if, yeah. you st- if you start to know how that works and how you can control it, uh, or at least trying to get it, you know, like, why do I ask myself those questions and stuff? It makes your life so much easier. And I think that's one of the most important things why people are unhappy right now. They just simply don't know how they work themselves. They don't know... No. They just a lot of people who, don't know. A lot of people are too stressed exactly. about opinions and they need opinions to get a form of exactly. reflection so they know who they are. And yeah. we, as an artist, and I think everybody who's watching right now, as a producer thinking, I thought this was about producing and right now we're talking about <laughs> spiritual <laughs> stuff. Just hang on. We'll be talking about dream catchers in a minute. <laughs> but um, everything we did as an artist, as a DJ as a professional music business, wasn't taught at school. Every, everybody's no, watching right now here. is pondering whether or not I should go to uh, uh, you know, an academy or get an education in school. But those educations never teach you jack donkey beep Nothing. about how the hell do you survive being an artist? But I mean, I had so many points in my life that I, I lost the way. Me I mean, I was like borderline raging alcoholic. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, at one point it was like, hmm, it hurts when I touch hair. It hurts when I... And my finger wasn't broken. But um, <laughs> so I went to the doctor and I was like, yo, doctor, man. Um, yeah, I think Something my, my liver's all fucked up. Well, that's uh, very... Uh, have you been Googling? Yes, and I think I'm pregnant as well, but I still think it's my liver. But you know, never Google. Never no. Google any disease. Because even if you've got like, oh, my nose is running. Let's Google. Yep, I've got cancer. Yep. For some reason, doesn't matter what you have. Oh, if you break up. your arm, you Google it, you got cancer. Yep. But... Um, <laughs> Seriously, every time I Google, I end up with having cancer. And wow. it's not like I'm making you fun of cancer, but yeah. I'm making fun of Google here. Yeah. And uh, so I went to the doctor's like, you know, I, I kind of drink. Yeah, how, how much do you drink? I don't know, uh, one or two bottles? Uh, a what, day? Uh, of, uh, yeah, a week? No, a day. What, beer? No, vodka. Dude. What? 
Well, sometimes, I don't know, three on a festival day. But 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 how do you do that with work? Oh, no, 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 no. I only drink when I'm at work. It is my work, yeah. And she was like, where? But, but uh, when you're free? Yeah. No, of course I don't drink. What, do I look lo that lonely? <laughs> when I'm free, I don't drink. Why should I drink when I'm free? I only drink when I work. Yeah. And at that point in time, exactly what you said, uh, I, I kind of lost track of what is normal in society. Yep. And she was like, are you kidding? I say, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can go to my car. Uh, basically, it's like, a, you know, a, a, like a bar, a, a glass recycling plant. Because <laughs> when I break, it's, you know, clink, 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 clink. Wow. So, um, yeah, I'm not drinking that much anymore because, you know, I'm 34. The hangovers just got yep. really inconvenient. But um, <laughs> so they uh, did a, a blood test and an echo. And then my doctor called me up in a way you don't want to hear your doctor. And it was the way she said it. Because she was stuttering. And mind she you... She didn't know how to... No, how mind to you, uh, I just got an email last week. She is retiring. So she is a well-experienced, was a well-experienced doctor. Yeah. And she was like, well, uh, Mr. Franken, um, I, I don't... Yeah, well, I didn't... Yeah. Is there anything coming here? Because, you know... Kind of deciding whether or not to kill myself right now, or that I'm already dead, I don't know. No, but uh, that, that's not it. Uh, I ran the test uh, actually twice, and I called the lab, but um, your liver is fine. Hmm. That's actually better than fine. fine. It's Perfect. exceptional. <laughs> so, for some reason, I'm still alive. I don't know how. I should be dead. You're lucky. Um, luckily, I've, you know, I, c I can lose a few brain cells, I think. <laughs> but... um. <laughs> we were wondering how if we're going to the causes. I think drinking yeah. like a maniac also helps. You know, a lot of people. I think just taking care of your body in in general, Vitamins. you know, like making sure your your health. I think health in general, like just, being just healthy. Eat fruit. Exactly. Eat the eat, right fruit. <laughs> like your Orange juice is you, not a fruit. Eat vitamins. Eat vegetables. Eat fruits. Uh, take a lot of water. You know, like a lot of moist or how do you call it? Yeah. By moist. the way, tomatoes are a fruit. Yeah. Like the old really? saying goes, what was it? <laughs> being smart is knowing tomato is a fruit. Being wise is n n knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. Wow. But, um... <laughs> <Deep> knowledge here. <laughs> well, but all those things, you know, like uh, vegetables that contain a lot of water, like, uh, like tomato, but it's a fruit. And also, because I had this problem like uh, last year, because I'm drinking like ridiculous amounts of caffeine, And for some reason, I'm able to handle, handle this. Um, and also, I like dairy products. Dairy products. Oh, I'm Dutch. I love my glass of milk. Mm, yeah, mm, me too. Mm, man. Mm. Some yogurt and every... Oh, cheese. I'm very. I'm a very cheese-minded person. Me too. That's the I first thing I eat when letters. I come back. Because, sorry, especially the Americans... No, man. Those you people can't make cheese. Stuff. That is not cheese. That is plastic. Yeah, that's plastic. But you know what I always loved? When you fly back with KLM and you get like those little parts of cheese mm. in the plane. A decent. And now, but That's the life. That, that are not like the good piece. Because, you know, everybody knows the outside that touches the plastic becomes the plastic. <laughs> yeah. Sort of like, you know, this Bruce Lee thing. Yeah. When cheese touches plastic, it becomes the plastic. <laughs> but um, always chop off the end. But you need like the middle of the block. That is... Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. But, um, okay, but I, so yeah. I noticed that uh, I, I didn't know that because I was tired all the time. So I was drinking way more caffeine mm -hmm. and I was still tired and uh, I wasn't sleeping that well. And, and I was like, oh, what the hell is going on? Maybe I, I have a iron deficiency or something. So I started eating spinach and herring and everything that's good, red meat, and a lot of iron in my body. But um, 
somebody didn't send me the memo that the moment you drink caffeine or something with calcium in it, like milk, and you eat like a nice juicy steak, red in the middle, you know, it's still, it's not only bleeding, it's also looking back at you and, you know, mirroring. <laughs> um, but what happens is actually the uh, iron in the meat, and the same goes for spinach, will bond on a chemical level oh. with the calcium or with the caffeine already in your stomach. So by the time your body You're can absorb it, it's already bonded, so mm -hmm. your body cannot, um, and I think, uh, also, when you look at, you've got these special syrups, Rosizé, mm -hmm. um, that are for people with an iron deficiency. And okay. it also says on the packaging, uh, don't drink uh, milk or caffeine an hour before or after. So it's not something... I do heard of those things that when you combine different kinds of food in your stomach, as in when you eat like certain like meals where which contains uh, high-protein meat or with certain vegetables, it starts to like combust kind of in your in your if something like that would happen i would have exploded a long time ago because i'm basically a walking garbage can i'll eat anything at any time yeah me too but you know in, in the but, end it's just important to know that your body is like a car you know like when you throw in the wrong gasoline it starts working and if it stops working and, and, it's, and it's, the, it's, the big problem is a lot of people don't realize this no oh, before i forget about the whole caffeine iron thing I didn't realize that was going on, and I ended up with a severe iron deficiency. Wow. Uh, and then uh, I finally realized, hey, wait, that is chemically bonding. So I stopped eating that together, and within three days, I was Superman again. Mm -hmm. But um, a lot of people, uh, things like these are costing, especially like you. Mm -hmm. You were living at home, you know, and then you start living with your girlfriend. And uh, that's kind of the route a lot of young producers are going right now. Yep. And then all of a sudden, you're blowing up unbeknownst that in reality you have left the safety and the flock and mom's meals yep and mom knows damn well how to get some vegetables in you yep. um and make you eat and sleep properly because otherwise like <laughs> you have to get out man every <laughs> I, it doesn't matter how relaxed your parents are if you're still yeah. up and raving at nine o'clock in the morning you'll get a look yeah so um and then all of a sudden you get into that crazy life and i've noticed it with a lot of guys i know that are not artists but they just, you know, start living on their own. Yeah. They immediately got fat. Yeah. Not just simply because, you know, they're not used to making their own food and they kind of figure out that, you know, the food that they ate, that their moms make, actually takes time to prepare. Yeah. And it's a little bit ex more expensive than yeah. you would have thought. You, you go know. for the microwave meal, you know, yeah. just eat.nl, that kind of well, stuff. Luckily, away. that didn't happen to me, but that's just because I really like cooking and I like to live healthy. Yeah, but whether or not you order online or you are in a foreign country and you're eating at a hotel it's pretty much the same thing yeah or even when you go out for dinner with with your broker you know you still end up having three four seven courses and like it's not really all that healthy um no like if you go it's delicious to, though but if you go to a to a to a michelin star re uh, restaurant you don't get like all those all, all the vegetables you do get are like this big you know <laughs> it's yeah. not that uh healthy actually it's a lot of sauce which isn't healthy at all uh, uh, but it's too it's delicious and i don't like going to those restaurants sometimes I it, I, sometimes oh. i'm in the mood for a culinary experience and i love like having these 15 courses and then i can appreciate every i really love it mm, you can put me there any any day of the week oh you like know a wine compliment complimentary wine um oh, fuck that you know what for me just take me to the ghetto get me some soul food yeah, that's but I like that as well. Like and, and some tacos and stuff, wraps, all those kind of things. I love eating from Oof. a plastic cup and yep. from a plastic plate. Burgers. No, I'm not a burger fan. I like mm. I like soul food. I like food that was prepared with love and and like age old recipes. Suriname food. Mm. <laughs> 
I always get I like, fat when I'm in Suriname. That I actually food is... like Asian food a lot, like Thai, Japanese, Ooh, Thai. Chinese. And Thai, Thai is relatively healthy. Yeah, it's a lot of vegetables. Yep, I, a lot I, of garlic. Yeah, I've been in. Uh, I had to play in South Korea as well. I love that, and especially the food as well. I've heard about. Um, I don't know how this dish is called. Kimchi. Kimchi, yeah, but it's a vegetable, right? Kimchi. Yeah, but it's sort of like a fragment, you know, fermented sort of stuff. I don't know. I've saw this doc. I saw this documentary online. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, no, it was actually um, there was something useful on television for a change. <laughs> And um, there's a lot of cooking programs that eat abroad, and it's yeah. very interesting how they make that. But uh, I don't know how it tastes, so I'm curious think, whether or not you ate it. If I have the right one in front of me right now, it's like the the white stuff. Yeah, sort of cabbagey yeah, white. Yeah, it, it's it's nice. It's nice. Yeah, it tastes like N- not really a specific kind of taste. It tastes like that is so helpful. Yeah, but it tastes like the earth, you know, like really earthy taste. Right, that is more specific. Cabbage and stuff. All right, Same. so the good food. Yeah. Um, yeah, then, then there's the inevitable part of... Alcohol. And drugs. Yeah, I've never done drugs. I did uh, smoke a joint for like three times, but that was... Oh my God, somebody called the police. He smoked a joint. Yeah, but that was even before Dutch. I was DJing. I was 16 years old, high school, you know. Friends. They call it high school, school. for a reason. <laughs> Didn't you see the sign? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah. It's like Method Man and Red Man, you know? Yeah. Study high, get high grades. That'd work for me. Well, I tried it for like two, three times. I think it was three times and didn't like it at all. So I just never took any of it anymore again. And especially the the hard drugs. Never done it. No, I've never done hard drugs. I love the way from weed that, you know, uh, you know, I start getting really suspicious of my own paranoia. So, But um, that's what I'm afraid of, you know? I, I had those panic attacks and I have been in that deep part of my mind. And I'm really afraid that when I take some of those drugs, I instantly go back in it and, and started to uh, never come out of it. Yeah, that that sounds like... How's that drug called? It's really... Uh, DMT. No, it's really uh, popular right now. Um, fuck. No, no, no. It's really hard. Yeah. No, no, no. XTC. No. No, I've, I've well, heard it, of it. It's a spiritual drug. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's, that's it's, DMT. Dimethyltryptine. Ayahuasca. Yes, and what's what's in there is DMT. Oh, okay. That's well, the active ingredient. Ayahuasca is the thing that I was talking about, and that shit sounds crazy to me. Like, if I'm going to try it, of course, it, it might have helped a lot of people, but it's, I'm really scared. If I I'm not going to do that. I'm mm. going to end up I'm not gonna go really, there. really deep. No, the thing is, my, my mind is already like a fucking circus. So, uh, yeah, but I'm, if, if I'm going to take it, I'm just really scared that I'm going to end up in this part of my brain where I'm, not a, where I'm, what I'm never going to leave again, you know? Like... There are definitely some parts in my brain that have a lock on them, and I sort of know what's behind them, and I sort of know that lock is there for a very good reason. Yeah, and you need to keep it on there as long as And possible. I like to keep the lid on those things. Exactly. They are there for a good reason. <laughs> I had a couple of psychiatrists that uh, tried to figure out what was behind door number two. Um, <laughs> Didn't work that well? No, I actually made one of my psychologists cry. That was funny. They, they, you know, they, I, I love talking to psychologists, not psychiatrists. Those are like the advanced level. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can fuck up those you people. You need to re- re- reverse engineer them. That's so oh nice man, do. it's they cannot, they cannot handle very well placed sarcasm. <laughs> it, it, you know, and they have a certain a pattern of uh, expectations, and also, uh, you know. Not everybody is university trained, and not everybody is cut out to be having that kind of a job. So the low-level guys, oh, you come! Oh, I love playing with those people. It's it's brilliant because, you know, when you lead them on, like, you know, 
he's really having an, an epiphany right now and you know I start like you know really it's really hard for me I love farting in the bathtub oh and and, and then just stare at them <laughs> I like to watch my cats die <laughs> and especially with the shake of your hand oh, it's brilliant <laughs> and they'll believe anything you do because they're always analyzing and yeah there is not one part of the their training it's I guess analyzing yeah that is you know, preparing them mentally for somebody that really enjoys the shit out of fucking with these people. Yeah, it's I can brilliant. Imagine. I can imagine. It's um, and, and, and for I can't feel sorry for a psychologist for some reason. I mean, yeah. a psychologist should be able to completely beat me around the bush any way they want. Yeah, they, they, they should, should be able to yeah. break me like this. Yeah. So if they can't, it's up to them. But so don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. Uh, <laughs> I've never done drugs. Uh, never done hard drugs because uh, I'm oh, afraid yeah. of shit. Because I'm already hyper. It's like I think if I would do ecstasy, it's like let let's take this lamp for example. It's probably made for like I don't know 40 watts. Yeah. I'm like this light bulb, not too bright but still shining. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if I would take drugs, it would be like putting 2,000 watts on. It's gonna explode. Yeah. I, I, or I'm just gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> Stroke. <laughs> just really slow but uh, I, i'm not curious to find out and the main reason why i don't do it is not because i'm afraid i might die i, I might get a little heart attack but you know what's a heart attack you know you, you got like triple bypasses right now they got crazy they can put a cow heart in me or pig heart you'll survive yeah but um now i'm mostly <laughs> i'm afraid i might like it yeah but yeah i can i can totally imagine i I mean, I, I know really what happened that. with caffeine, booze, and nicotine. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and DJing and artist life and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Attention, Adrenaline. Attention. Mm, is, no, that, I, is that something you're addicted to? Like, it, that's one of the things I also noticed. With in myself. limited quantities, I love it, but I need like at least seventy percent of my, you know, time. I need to be away remember. from people. Well, I noticed that when I went to um, like private parties, you know, my my uh, my family parties, mm -hmm. friends parties. If I if I entered like one of those parties, all the eyes shifted to me, and all the conversation stopped and started asking me like, "Hey, how is how has it been in Korea? How has it been in America? How is this going? Uh, how how do you know this guy? Or how is it to work with uh, this guy? Or it all starts. They all started talking about me. It was all about me, even in my private life, and that was one of the things I really hated as well because you know. Especially when I'm with my friends or with my family, I don't want to talk about that stuff. Because when you're on tour, like I mentioned before, the standard talk, it's all about those things. So if and, I'm and once you train your family, there's always this new boyfriend of a niece or something that's going to yeah. be all up in your ass. Exactly. Like, and he means very well, obviously. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, but and like, I get it, but it's not but something... You're like, dude, I'm in my safe zone. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like When you, when you enter uh, a birthday of your friend and the parents of your friend are there... The first things they are going to ask you is that the one thing they know about you is yeah, that things are going well and you're a traveling DJ. But, and but I've learned to, uh, when, I, when I'm in such a situation, they're like, hey, father, what's up? Yo, I'm good, man, but right now I'm off, man. You can just call me Bjorn. By the way, what, what kind of job do you do? Yeah. Ah, so you're I a management assistant. Thing. All right. So management assistant, what up? Hey, why do you call me manager's assistant? Yeah, why do you call me Vato? Yeah. So, you know, I'm just Björn. Nice to meet you. We're all good, but... Um, I did the same thing. I always ask them... Always flip the script. I always ask them to their job. And then they... one of That's always... Also, one of those weird things I never got until now. Like, if you ask someone, um, like, what do you do? 
first they ask you like, hey, you're a DJ, how is that life? You say like, no. Have you ever just avoided the whole subject? Hey, what do you do? Um, yeah, I work in... Um, Once, I think. Um, there is a, I don't know if there's an English word, but in Dutch it's horeca. It's like uh, in the Netherlands, we have this word for uh, working yeah. at a hotel, restaurant, yeah. or uh, a cafe or bar. Or, yeah. yeah, I mean, um, I'm in the service industry or something. Yeah. I don't know if that is actually a bad way to say escort service, but <laughs> <laughs> either way. There's a lot of people. I, in I always, you know, in entertainment industry sounds too. No, that's too Hollywood. It's too Hollywood because yeah. in, in the Netherlands that word is mostly used for people that you know work behind a bar or oh those yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. horeca yeah. So um, but you know I usually say yeah I, w- I work uh, in that in that yeah. you know that industry in make it sound uninteresting because sometimes you just want to be yeah be just just want to be no nobody. Actually. No, I just want to have a beer and a piece of cheese yeah. and just chill out. And I actually still have it, you know. That's that's also something that I have. Like if someone asks me. Um, Okay, here's an example. I moved to a new place. Yeah. I didn't know my neighbors. No one of them. That's always fun. That's always fun. I still don't know my neighbors. Until about a week and a half after I lived there, I started to, I I saw my my neighbor for the first time, shake his hand, and we started talking. He's like, are are you still playing, by the way? And I was thinking, and I was thinking, I didn't tell him I was playing, and then I got back and asked my girlfriend, like, did you have a talk with him, or did you talk about my, my past? I said, no. I said, what the fuck, the guy's been fucking Googling me, you know, like, Hey, if, if somebody knew was going to live next to me and I know his name, I will Google the daylight out of him. Yeah, but those those are the things that pretty, it, it doesn't scare me, but it's weird, you know, like, people already have set up their opinion about you, or they already have some kind of picture in their head, without even speaking to you. Um... And it's still happening right now, you know. It's not something that that has been five years. It still happens right now without me being a DJ for about three years. Uh, so it, it it haunts you actually. It, so, it sounds like how a really do you deal with that? Because I can imagine that kind of sucks. Well, right now I don't really care because yeah, you know, it's it's a part of me. It's my history. I know I'm I'm actually pretty proud that I've built that. You know, I'm I'm still pretty. Hey, young. you should, man. Yeah, and I'm st- I'm pretty young, and I've already had a career. You know, like most people have that when they're fifty. Uh, and then they do a career change. I already did one when I was 26. So it's something I'm proud of, but at the same time, also something that isn't that good at any time. Even though you still try to reintegrate into normal life, you are still, in some ways, not normal because of the experience you had. Yeah, and um, of course, I I can totally, I I get it, you know, like social media, everything on the internet stays there for the rest of your life. Uh, And then, like I said, it's not something I'm ashamed of, but it's something that, I don't really want to be, uh, how do you say it in English? Uh, I don't want to be compared with every day because I, I literally yeah. changed, you know? My personality changed. was a changed. lifetime ago. Yeah, I changed as a person and my life was was not comparable with what it is right now, you know? Like now I have and, like... And it's not like you used to be a criminal, but now no, you no. get out and better your life. You did something really positive. Yeah. It didn't work out for you because, you exactly. know, for reasons... And, yeah. and but people, I think they mean it in, in a positive way. They, of course, and that's why I don't they blame just them. Don't know, but um, exactly, and that's why I don't blame them. But it's just it it still hunts me. It still it still follows me in in my new life. And uh, yeah, so it's just what, weird to, to see. To what extent have you had any problems with uh, people thinking like, "Yo, Joey, just suck it up, man." A lot, dude, dude. You know, those really insensitive asshole reactions of people yeah. that think anything that happens in your brain is Dude, complete you're bullshit. Living your life. You're you're earning money traveling the world. People pay a lot of money for you to play one and a half hour. What are you thinking? 
You know, all those things. Well, huh? that's kind of the problem. I'm not thinking. Yeah. I'm breaking down here. But, the, you know, those kind of things, it's just, um, that's the problem with a lot of people. Like, they, that's not what makes me happy. Of course, it's a dream life for someone else, but it's not the dream life for me. And everyone has his own, like, happiness spot. Like, what does make you happy? To me, being happy is what I have right now. I can honestly say that I'm 100% happy right now. I have... Uh, nice. I've recently bought a house. Uh, my girlfriend is expecting... Uh, and you're I'm, gonna be I'm a father a, yeah man in oh, two months wow. actually um i have like a regular job i still work in the music industry but i have a regular job i have regular times i go to the office my office is 10 minutes away on the bike from my home i live in tilburg which isn't the biggest city on earth but still all my friends are there my family is there uh, i do what i love to do you know i have time to work out i have time to be with my friends but also go to parties so you're you're like having the the normal life you actually wanted exactly yeah so yeah so basically the artist life sort of happened for you yeah it did. and it actually really felt to me like i woke up 10 years after being <laughs> like entered the train 10 years ago but stepped out of it and we're like whoa what happened but if you had to do it all over again would you do it Yep, but <laughs> small side note. You would if, learn to say no. No, no. Yeah, of course, that as well. <laughs> no, no, yeah. brilliant reaction. But uh, <laughs> small side note, I would do it all over again, but only if I was at that age, if I was that young. Because if I needed to do it right now, when mm -hmm. I'm, I'm coming 30 this year, I wouldn't do it. Because there's too much, uh, in my opinion at least, there's too much happening in this period of my life, like big life choices, children, buying a house, yeah. becoming a family, all those things, which are going to be ruined or at least hard to, to, con to, to maintain when you're continue doing this job. You know, when you're traveling that much, when you're uh, always in the, in the hotspot, when you have fans, girlfriends as well. My girlfriend, you have to, if, you, if you're a DJ, your girlfriend has to be up for the job oh as well. yeah that's what a lot of people forget man i fucked yeah. up so many relationships because of that and those are the those, and those are the things you don't think about but it's just there it's let's part talk of the about job. that yeah because um you know we all made the mistake the gold digger girlfriend and um, mm -hmm. oh yeah you know the girlfriend that likes you because, because you're, you're a dj, DJ. And she will yeah. never say you no, yeah. I like you because you're a dj <laughs> but that's the same thing that girls always say yeah i normally don't do this Right. Yeah, well, me neither. Right. It's not, it's not as money. Yeah, no, I've, I've had that so many times. No, but I normally don't do this. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, from what I see there, it happens quite often. But no. <laughs> now, girls got to do what they got to do, man. Uh, it's not like I'm, I'm slut shaming anybody. I'm just shaming people that talk bullshit. So that, that, that never works out because I wanted a girlfriend that, you know, found it quite interesting that I was a DJ and everything is like, oh my God, DJ, yes, and of course you make music. Could you turn down the music at 4 a.m.? No, bitch, I'm a DJ. <laughs> yes, but l listen, I made music before you and I will make music after you. It's very yeah. simple. But, you know, music was my first love and... It always will be. It will be my last. And yeah. you, my dear, will not be around to see it. So that never works. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there's also a lot of girls that say they can handle it. But you had your they, fair share of problems. But they underestimate it, you know, and I under I underestimated it as well because you just never know where things may end for you. Uh, you never if know. you get that call like, "Hey, Joey, man, you can you can exactly. do the Hardwell support tour for like uh, your one month in Australia." You get like a yep. massive fat check, and you'll be playing every day yep. for sixty thousand people. You'll be like, 
Bye, I'm bitch. going. <laughs> yeah, I'm going. That's it. And this this is what I've been working for in the past five years or six years. And if that moment comes, um, of course, in the first time, your girlfriend will tell you you deserved it, and let's go and let's do this. Yeah, but but after the thirtieth time. She will probably be like, "Why can't you come to me with to the to this party or to yeah. that party or it's Christmas? Why, why, why are you not do there you leave? with Christmas? Yeah, why do you leave with Christmas? Why can't you be here or why? Because do you they pay double at Christmas. Mm. Exactly, it's like prime time <laughs> for us, you know, like New Year's Eve, Christmas. It's like, but, but it's it's no different. Uh, and I think a lot of um, girls and uh, you know uh, can be exactly the same for guys. If your girlfriend is DJ or, or if your friend mm-hmm. is DJ, if you're in a relation with a DJ, let's just keep it broad. Um, they don't realize that being a DJ from a work perspective isn't that much different from somebody that works the you know irregular shifts and night shifts no, and works on not. a you know a basis where they get a call and they have no. to go. If you work for the fire department, hey, it can go. be Christmas and Easter in one day, but you know if that building is on fire, you, you gotta go. To go. Yeah. And it's the same for people working in, in bars and in clubs. I mean, somebody's got to pour drinks at 3 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they face the same problems as well. Um, and a lot of people aren't flexible enough to handle a partner that where they have no way of knowing whether that person will be awake or asleep or in the country yeah. next Tuesday. Yeah. And um, it's, a, it's a really a lot diverse. of people underestimate that. Yeah. And especially one of the things that they underestimate as well is the attention you get. Oh, yeah. Let's say... Um, of course, it's not a secret. DJs get a lot of messages from girls because you're you're like <sighs> yeah, it's just true. Uh, I'm not gonna deny it or whatsoever. I had my fair share amount of messages as well. Yeah. <laughs> but the difference is, I didn't ask for those messages. I just received them. Exactly. That's it. And if my girlfriend saw I my think inbox, women are sorry. I'm just gonna go mad here. <laughs> women are fucking hypocrites when it comes down to us getting messages. This is such bullshit. You don't ask for it, you know. No, you no, just no, but get the thing them. is, girls get messages all the time. Yep. If you're a hot girl, if you look great, yep. and especially if you do like all oh, the duck faces, look at my brand new thing in the background nobody noticed, you know, that kind of picture. <laughs> they get like up into dick pics, like all the time. Yeah. I mean, I've had my fair share of relationships with girls and everything that sometimes showed me like, oh, you got you to gotta watch what this guy just sent me. And that would just let me browse what? their in- inbox for just like, you got to see this. And we were just ha- had like giggles about ah, these guys fucking desperate. Yeah, No, no, we should say that. We had fun. But um, I'm getting all worked up here. <laughs> but uh, women are such hypocrites yeah. about men because as soon as you're a DJ... And you get a lot of attention. The amount of attention a DJ gets does not even get close to what... And I'm not even talking talking about like a 10 hot. I'm talking about eight and a half hot. Yeah. I'm talking about <laughs> eight and a half looking through the bottle, a nine. Yeah. They get like way more messages than us. And even though I've been, you know, I did my fair share of nasty shit... Not even I'm in a very stable relationship right now, and I'm really happy. Um, <laughs> but not even at my nastiest time in my life, I didn't get as much messages as an eight and a half gets on a daily basis. So yeah. the thing is, girls are fucking hypocrite. They're just jealous we get the same kind of attention. Yeah, may- maybe that is, yeah. And girls don't jump on every guy they get a message from, neither do we. No, but that's the thing. They they think Most you the instantly sleep with every single one of them, and... Um, they don't realize we don't sleep with them. We fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> That's no. like a stereotype right there. No. Uh, but yet, it's just 
really hard for a girl to to understand that. And I get it, you know, you're away from home. Maybe after two weeks you start missing each other a lot. And then they see you on a picture with a girl. And that girl's on not only one picture, but three pictures with you. Then they start yeah, putting in the dots. And it's just your brain uh, who wants to have an answer for it, you know? And they start filling in the dots yourself, creating a story for themselves to make it valid or don't make not f- making it valid. Uh, anyway, it's not the truth, and you end up with having a shit story oh, yeah. about what not happened, and you have to explain yourself while you're on tour on Skype. Yeah, well, um, I, I just stopped doing that. I can totally imagine. I but just it's, I it's, just went like, just point blank onto my Skype, basically. Like, all right, this is what's up. Nothing happened, and a story. That's your explanation? Yeah. I cannot explain about something that didn't happen. It's like, why is the moon suddenly purple? Well, it isn't. End of story. You know, <laughs> if somebody states something that isn't true, you should just stop explaining. Yeah. And, and, and otherwise, if you actually are doing nasty bits, well, you done fucked up because you found out. <laughs> but, uh, nah. Wow, did you see about the chain smokers? No, what happened? Wow, chain smokers, uh, there was a... Uh a movie from one of the guys uh, which he cheated on his girlfriend but he was caught on a camera I oh think. wow yeah that's that's no th- that is just amateurism ice. yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is not professional pimping <laughs> come on but his girlfriend posted it online that's just poof. that is good payback good for her that's i mean it's fucked payback. up for her but hey that's good marketing that's yeah for for them it's, it's brilliant marketing yeah. but um but it's you know Actually, I posted the exact opposite online on my Instagram story last uh, Friday night. Mm -hmm. Because for some reason, uh, some people of the party uh, came to us to the hotel and uh, the promoter was also sleeping at the hotel. So I thought they're going to crash his hotel room or wherever they knew this Mm -hmm. guy. And we're all on the same floor. You know, usually have rooms next together because the booking was made and and the same at the same time so usually get like adjacent rooms or some sh- that's yeah. quite annoying if you hear the neighbors banging by the way <laughs> especially if, if you know you know it's like oh man why <laughs> i got a tour with this promoter for another week <laughs> oh, he makes really awkward noises but um but uh you know i just you know swiped open my, hot- uh, my hotel room i was like hey guys i'm out here i'm gonna sleep and this girl walks just into my hotel room and i stared at her like get the fuck out <laughs> this is not happening how many languages do you speak? Five. All right, so in five languages, fuck off. Yeah. No, I'm like loyal up to aggression. I don't, you know, this is the first time in my life I'm in a relationship with, um, right now, anywhere where, I don't care where I'm in the world, my uh, WhatsApp desktop is, I think, always open on my computer. To, I haven't to got passwords contact. on anything. Um, and, you know, that is a problem of cheating. Cheating, yeah. if you do it right, and in previous relationships, I took it like the next level shit. But, uh, you know, I, I can, you like know. Fake it's, accounts, it's n- everything. No, you know, I can only say this after 11, and there's no way 11, and we'll be off air then. But, no, uh, no, it takes so much time. You have to adapt like three personalities. Yeah. Ugh. I seriously, do, you know, one of And the, your home is no longer sometime, home. You Sometimes you hear those stories of men who have two, two, two different families. families. How? I, th- I think you just get a love pain then. You really got a love pain. I think you're just mentally fucked up. How do you, how, it's not possible. How do you maintain two families without those two families knowing from each other? I have a hard time maintaining a girlfriend and a cat. Pretty much. Make my point. <laughs> All my houseplants died. Yeah. Imagine having two families. Wow. 
damn, that's just crazy. So um, yeah, I think that's also a big pr problem. Uh, a lot of DJs underestimate, and relationships yep. can mess up so many people. Yep. Because uh, there's a lot of people um, that had a, a burnout or something like a mm -hmm. uh, Hardwell, mm -hmm. uh, Blaster Jack, Nico Romero. Uh, Dwayne uh, Avicii. Well, I'm not really sure whether that was a burnout or a, a burnout, problem. but mm, you know. Um, and I know from some of those guys, uh, I've seen some of them in in positions where their relationship completely messed them up. Mm -hmm. And beyond those guys, yeah, I had to scoop up a ton of really big DJs. Like, all right, come here, buddy. Yeah, we're gonna manhandle this. Yeah, and true. sometimes girls can make guys so crazy. And you know, for some reason, we are expected as artists, or at least regarded or seen, as like we are able to handle all this shit. No, but we're human as well, you know. Like, yeah, you know that. I know that. Yeah. But the a lot of a lot of producers, and I think that's important. I've talked to so many young producers mm -hmm. that struggle with. Uh, my parents are not supporting me, or. Um, uh, it's against, I don't know, sometimes it's against religious views or it's against, you know, uh, their, their family doesn't approve of, of you know, the whole mm. partying thing in general or girlfriends that liked the whole idea when he was just cute playing in the basement but now all of a sudden he's like super... Yeah, he's this big famous guy, yeah, yeah. And people holding them back and yeah. a lot of those uh, guys, I talk with a, a lot of those people and um, they think they are alone. And that's why I really yeah. like you being here because we have been yeah. bitching about problems yeah. the entire episode. <laughs> like, and there's a point fun. to this, dear people. Um, yeah. Just, and that's why I really wanted you here. And Denver mm -hmm. really wanted you here. And I was, you know, when they told me uh, about, yeah, Joe Suki is coming, <laughs> and um, I was really happy. It's like, oh wow, this is this is cool. This is something, uh, different. something different. And people yeah. need to know you're not alone. It, it's everybody deals no. with all those points, and it's just being a human, you know, and. Of course, you're a DJ and you have a different life, but in the end, we're all human, we have feelings. I, I think a lot of new producers have no idea the yeah. kind of stuff DJs talk about when the cameras it's are off. It's pretty, pretty lame, actually, what we all talk it's, about. Hey, we're, we're, there's this... Um, pretty sad, actually. WhatsApp group, and they're like all the AAA artists of the Netherlands are in there, <laughs> like Hartwell, Garrix, Party Squad, Dark Raver, a couple of rappers are in there, everybody's in there. So... Um, and, and that's like basically just gossip girl, pretty yeah. much. But um, when I talk with a lot of guys in private, it's usually about relationship stuff. Yep. Uh, about uh, how bad they deal with the jet lags. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, sometimes, and that was the most brilliant uh, thing. Uh, producer of Child's Play, mm -hmm. Kiano once told me. I guess it was Kiano. If it wasn't, sorry, but I thought it was you. And it was funny <laughs> as hell when you said it, and you were so right. And at one point, he just said, I just want to go home and lay on the floor. I'm just going to lay on the floor for a whole day. Just yeah. nothing. Just lay there. And I actually did it. One one day, I just came home and I thought of the uh, I thought of Keanu. I thought, you know, he's a cool guy. He's onto something. And just got home, put down my bag, and I lay on the floor. And wh why would you want to do that? Like, was there a reason? Because you were just tired uh, I as was fuck? just tired, hungover, jet-lagged, okay. toured out. And because to me, that's a sign. There's nothing more simple than laying on the floor. I was just... This is the best floor ever. Yeah, but that to me, that's a sign of you You went two steps too far, you know? Like, you, you've asked too much of yourself, of your body, of your mind, of everything you can ask of yourself. And that's one of the things that lead to a burnout as well. Yeah, I mean... I, I found myself as well, like, I, I was I, I, trying I to figure out how I could get rest in my life. And that was that's also a moment where you should think about the fact, why do I need rest in my life? Like, why do I need this... 
as oh, often. I did. I did uh, the officially, and uh, I'm not using this to describe people that um, love. How do you? How can you say this correctly? In 2018, <laughs> correct. people who love other people that were born with the same reproductive appendages or insights as themselves. <laughs> I lost you. <laughs> Right, I'm talking about the LGBTQ uh, okay. and A to Z community, whatever. No, but I did uh, what is perceived as the gayest shit ever. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking, you know, it's a fair speech. I actually tried to meditate. That's not that, that's not that weird, right? That is the hardest stuff I ever did. Yeah, but especially for you because your brain is on constant fire. I felt <laughs> like I was in the middle of a baseball game <laughs> yeah. with a baseball bat and I was just kicking out every thought that came. It's like, hmm, I should, no. Yeah. <laughs> And then I started imagining whether there was a wooden baseball bat or an element. No, 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 no. I'm not wearing a helmet. No, no, no. Who am I? So um, it is. It is really hard, but I'm not doing it on a daily basis. But I do it every now and then. I think everybody should try it, just so you can figure out that that is pretty much the hardest stuff you'll ever do. Because it's the hardest. You'll realize you have no control. Exactly. Over the thing you use all day. While if you train, you actually do have control. And that's the thing I mean with having control over your mind. You know, like when you, the moment you know that you're you're in charge of your own mind, and the moment you know um, that you are making the decision you make yourself. So it's really a decision you make yourself, and not your subconscious or whatever happens in your brain. You made it yourself. You've you've thought about it. It's like a clear decision. You're gonna do it or you're not gonna do it. All pretty much depends on whether or not the Heisenberg uncertainty principle works out or not. But, <laughs> but to me, that really that really uh, really really helped. As in, when I wanted to, when I decided to quit DJing and I wanted to change my life. You know, I wanted to do something else. I wanted to become someone else. You know, you go into a process of making a lot of decisions. What am I gonna do? Am I gonna do? Am I gonna do this? Is this the right moment? Uh, is, is this the, the best place? All those decisions, and that also that process uh, process also contains making mistakes. Hell yeah! And that's also why the, I mentioned working in a factory, working at Be Yourself. At first, I thought working at Be Yourself was my best my best move at that moment because I wanted uh, full time uh, employment, but it ended to be a new path to arts coaching. But I could have never imagined that this would have been my path two years ago. You, you always, if you look in hindsight, and everybody's kept in hindsight and yep. would have, could have, should have, the whole, you know, the whole batch. Yeah. You always got to um, realize that when you make a decision, you make a decision with the best knowledge you have at that point in at time. And it's so easy moment. to say, like, you know, yeah. perhaps I should not have said what I said five minutes ago with the knowledge I have now. But I didn't have that knowledge back then. Exactly. And even if I did have the knowledge, I apparently didn't care enough. Yeah. But um, I, I really believe in the doing, as in you have to try as much things as possible, and you will probably you will feel instantly if you like something, yes or no. Um, and your body and your mind will tell you if you're made for the job or if you're made for this relationship or if you're made for whatever you're doing. It will instantly tell you. That's your gut feeling. Yeah. Exactly, you know, I, I, that's your what, gut feeling will tell you you're made for this. If you want to make a decision, um, and there's a lot of um, when well, we're going back at neuroscience right <laughs> now, um, there has been a lot of research about the processing capability mm -hmm. of like your conscious mind of what you perceive you are and your vision of reality yeah. and all that stuff, mm -hmm. and like the back of your mind, your subconscious. Yeah, and it turns mm -hmm. out that you have like this really shitty PlayStation One in the front, and like a complete surfer park in the back. Yep. 
because the amount of information you can process consciously is uh, it's crazy absolutely nothing compared to what you can do unconsciously mm -hmm. so usually i just put all the facts in my head all the facts and figures and then i'm just gonna do absolutely nothing about it that just whether sleep it. or you know just chill out with my cat mm -hmm. uh go longboarding i have this you know i have an electric longboard it's completely nice. illegal and suicidal but i love it yeah it's like snowboarding on, nice. on asphalt you know you know actually when uh a lot of people always say like the best the best ideas come up with me when i'm working out or the best ideas come Toilet, up with me shower exactly and that's because you you have elevator a, you take all those like all those facts and stuff into your mind you start thinking about it just just throw them in it, the back and it your, goes your into brain your subconscious and it will continue there but you're not, you're just not aware of the fact that it continues processing it and thinking about it and then two days one hour two minutes later you're doing completely nothing and suddenly that's it you, you just get you know and, and that's your gut feeling and that's because you put your body into rest and you give everything a rest and that's the moment where your yeah, idea comes up not only from sleeping will you figure out stuff it's also like no. doing not what you're some people to have it in dreams as well oh no 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 my my, my dreams are not not good no but it's it's really not personal good. some people have only really scary dreams some people no 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 my, my dreams are fucked up listen yeah but it's also yeah <laughs> i gotta tell you this I know there is a part of my brain mm -hmm. that day in, day out tests whatever I perceive and yeah. see and hear and feel, whether or that might be true or not. You know, if I right now see pink elephants flying around, that's a pretty clear indication this whiskey is not all I thought it would be. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when you see st stuff that cannot happen, there is a part of your brain that is like this skeptical dude, like, nah, yeah. bro, that ain't true, man, this is bullshit. Yeah. And then you're like, mm. you know, sometimes you... Was there somebody behind me? Yeah. And then there's that dude behind but you you're in your brain like, nah, man, that's bullshit. Yeah, but you're making up stories for yourself. Like, why Why are people afraid in the dark? Because you know, for instance, everyone who walks into a dark basement is partly scared. Now, why is that? Oh, I'm not partly scared. I'm like terrified. shitload scared. Yeah. But why is that, you know? Like, there's something in your brain that is telling you... Because I'm stupid enough to fall down and people always die in basements. You're going into danger zone. I saw that movie. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't that well? You, you, and if you if you step back out of your subconscious or your conscience and say like, okay, are there any reasons why I should be afraid right now? I'm walking into a basement. No danger at all. No monster. No lions. Nothing. No, it's just it's just your your um, your pre ancient. Who the brain? fuck puts a lion in a basement? And how Pe did it people. get there? People. <laughs> and wouldn't it like make a lot of noises? I mean, I can hear my cat from three rooms away scratching in the dark. Can you imagine a lion? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> going at it no but, but it's just a, your your like your pre pre prehistorical no it's your, part of uh, your prehistoric brain because you don't yeah. walk out into the dark because there it's were just actually a flight or depending fight, on you your know? part in the world we're yeah. tigers it's flight or fight it's, you just you you have this perception of danger yeah I, I know but the thing with my dream was and, mm -hmm. and because there's a part of your brain checking if whatever you're hearing or seeing or mm -hmm. thinking might be true it's the same like you know looking at those adverbs for dream catchers and then there's still the dude inside the bag of your eyes going nah bro that's bullshit so I dreamt, and, and I woke up, and it felt so real that dream, yeah. and everything felt so like absolutely you really lived normal, it. and and yeah. and not for one moment I questioned myself that in my dream I've lived an entire life as a blue USB stick, <laughs> eight gigabytes. <laughs> yeah, that's so weird, man. And in my dreams, it was like, yeah, I'm it's a USB real. stick, it's, and I was, this a, is it? I was, a, I was not happy. Yeah. I was quite a happy USB yeah. stick as well, and I woke up like. Dude, that was some bad weed. 
But taking that fact that you dreamt something and you felt like it was real, that's the power of your brain, you know? Like, imagine what your brain can do all day long. Like, what's happening here all day long without you even knowing it. That is what I've been uh, given. It, uh, <laughs> when I give DJs advice, they're mm -hmm. like, yeah, uh, my sound isn't really uh, like that. And, you know, I'm, uh, every time I make something, it sounds too much like this. Dude, stop thinking. Start doing. I have been producing all day with a massive jet lag. Mm -hmm. And I started out trying to make a remix or something. And then I was like, nah, this sounds like too EDM-ish. I need some 11s and 13s and soul chords. I know nothing about soul chords, but I'm going to try it anyway because I don't give a flying fuck. <laughs> um, I always want things that I'm unable to do because those are the most interesting things. And it's like, hmm, needs a vocal. Hmm, oh, well, let's vocal. The thing is, I ended up making a complete new track. Uh, I wanted to make a remix of something and it ended up in a completely different key, having no element of the original track, not even one note, yeah, not even the same tempo, not even, I think it was like 20 BPM off even. Mm -hmm. So, but I, and at not one point did I think, I never think when I'm producing, I'm just, hey, you just go. I just feel, yeah. hey, this feels good. Well, yeah. Okay, and, and whenever I then get that, yes, but it doesn't sound right. There's this guy inside me with the baseball bat just, Kicking that thought out. You know, yeah. I'll do the thinking when I'll do the mixing and mastering, and that's why I hate that part. But it's so important not to think and just to live your life. And that is getting so much harder yep. in 2018 because yep. you got to think whether or not your selfie game is on Everyone, fleek, if the lightning is okay. And you get opinions all day long. Yeah. Like on everything you do, because you share everything, you get opinions. And I mean, assholes are like opinions. Everybody... Oh, wait. <laughs> why would you even care, you know? Like... Just create music you like, put it out there. Yeah. And uh, after you've put it out there, just see what happens. It might be the golden nugget. It might it might be shitty. You never know where your track's gonna end up. And that's always my advice. If people ask me like, what should I do? Should I release it? Yes or no? Just release it. You just named my last point on the whole list. Really? The lack of control that contributes. Because we had lack of sleep, caffeine, overthinking, alcohol, drugs, mm -hmm. an insanely busy roster. Well, you talked about mm -hmm. that in the beginning. Uh, jet lags, well, that's lack of sleep. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the addictiveness of the status and uh, yeah. it becoming natural to you. Uh, you know, yeah. we talked about Changing that. your personality. Um, and then it's the point of having choices mm -hmm. and, and the lack of control therein. And you just can't control anything, in, everything in life. And you actually can control very little. <laughs> yeah, very little. But you have to You're focus. You're pretty much here for the ride. Yeah, but you just have to focus on the things that you can control. And the rest is just see what happens, you know? Like, if you release a track, like I always sign in on a board, like this this kind of network you put out. It starts off with one dot, which is your release date on Spotify, iTunes, people, and all these things. It starts getting plays, like let's say a thousand lines from there, because you get a thousand plays. Those lines have a network of 60 other people which might end up listening to your track, and it starts spreading and spreading and spreading. And it becomes this huge network of people who listen to your track. Uh, wait a second! Isn't that called Plague Inc? You know, Plague Inc. Plague Inc. Yeah, that's an uh, as oh. an as an iOS game. Oh, no. where where you're a virus that spreads. Oh uh, yeah, well, it's it's, <laughs> it's pretty much like it's that. actually like that. You know, you but plant it somewhere. Once, once you put it online, for me, the moment I send the final master to uh, my manager, mm -hmm. and then I'm done with the project. Yeah, because it's not, out of my hands. You can't do anything more than that. Yeah, of course, promotion, promotion, and marketing, but that's like the business side of it. And and creatively seen, your your part ends there, you know, like that's yeah. it. But, you know, also a lack of control is due to rosters and well, what you said. Mm -hmm. uh, in, you know, if you're playing Captain Hindsight, you probably 
did a few things different. Um, yeah, a lot. My agents are most of the time pretty happy with me, but not when it comes to flight planning. Yeah. Because pretty much all of the time when they say, all right, you got to go fly there, uh, these are the flights. No. What do you mean, no? Because that's no. bullshit. Why is that bullshit? That is not the only flight. Yeah, that's the only... No, that's not the only flight. Yeah, but no, but if we fly from this airport to that airport, it's cheaper, it's faster, and I can sleep more and it fits better in my roster. Hmm. Why can I find this flight and you not? Yes, but then you're flying from Germany. Hmm, let me guess. Uh, from, from my house, driving to Dusseldorf is like three hours, or following your planning and having to wait eight hours in an airport. Hmm. Take your chances. So, yeah. I'm always like on top of all my tour plannings and I always demand to have a work visa. You know, I don't fuck with national security of another yeah. country. I've seen the state hotels, for example, in China. You know, the upside is they have Chinese food. Yep. The downside is mm, it's pretty crowded. You're not the only one. <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm really strict about that one. And uh, people should not be afraid. Uh, for some reason, you, you're once you have a strong opinion, people think you're an asshole. No, you're just, you know, I know what I want. I'm, I found a quote last week, which was pretty on point. Uh, it was, you can't, you can't be selfless without being selfish. So you have to choose for yourself to make other people happy and to make like good stuff happen in your life. You know, like you, if you're not making decisions for yourself, like you will leave, you will lead someone else's life. Actually, you will follow someone else. Yeah, and uh, and if you, if you managers do, and agents and A and Rs are very good at leading somebody else's life. Yeah, exactly, and that's where it all went wrong with me as well. I started following other people's opinion, and I start I stopped making decisions myself, which led to me completely disconnecting with my personality. Well, so, so basically, and I'm not trying to be the internet meme of last week that said <laughs> so basically. Yeah. Um, you're just pretty much too much of a nice guy. You're too friendly of a guy to be I in this was, business. I was a too nice guy. And it's been confirmed oh, okay. by... All right. <laughs> so and it's been confirmed by a lot of people in the industry. I, I, after so you have like this official I'm a nice guy certificate? I have, one, I have a shirt. <laughs> you have the t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, uh, I had a talk with a few people uh, who were key points in my, in, in my career. So people, uh, one guy who signed me uh, my first record deal, one guy who brought me into an agency, one guy who gave me my first international uh, tour, all those guys which were important to me in my career, I called them and asked them, what was the reason why you wanted to work with me? What, what was the reason why, why you wanted to give me this opportunity, why you wanted to give me this chance while there were thousand other people applying for the job, you know? Mm -hmm. And they all said the same thing, because I liked you and you were a nice guy. Everyone. Well, yeah, that, that The only reason, not my music, not my DJ sets, not my branding, my marketing, nothing. That, that only worked for me at dance fair. <laughs> so, um, yeah, for some reason, um, usually when, when I get signed somewhere, it's because they pretty much have to, because I just pretty much put them in checkmate. And I'm not that big of an asshole, actually. I'm actually quite a nice guy, but I'm pretty serious about what I want. And if somebody just yeah. comes with shit terms, well, yeah. fuck but it. But that's the business side of you. I, I really didn't have that until five years ago. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people think I only have a bark, but uh, my bite, you know, I, yeah. I you, you'll never see me go to war. 
but people have seen, who have seen me go to war on a business level have seen it does not end well for the party involved. Because <laughs> I'm a very loyal guy, but once I reach a certain point where somebody yeah. is screwing me over, by the time they have figured out I'm mad, it's yeah, I'm already like mm, three years planning ahead of them, and mm, there are g- you, you might as well just hand in the keys and walk away. Okay. I've built a three of my companies on the ashes of a previous, com- previous company that uh, tried to fuck me over. That's how I got my first, um, my first party organization. Started working for a party organization and uh, actually started doing the flyers at first. Mm-hmm. And then um, because I, and I actually, I just gave them the flyers for the next party and my flyers just looked way better than the previous guy. Yeah. And I took the liberty of putting myself on the flyer, obviously for free. Flyers for free, but hey, I was at the party. So slowly I, I cl- climbed up in the ranks, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and at one point I was like pretty much the main promoter. I did all the talks with, uh, you know, the, um, the locations. I did all the contract negotiations. I did all the PR with people. I brought around tickets. I did all That's the designs. I did all the financial stuff. Yeah. And I'm a pretty. I'm always very loyal. I don't care. If somebody started something, it's their thing. And if they want to share it with me, I'll take if they want to give, mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna take your stuff. No, it, it's yours. And you know, if, if you want to do this together, I'm really open for it. But, but I know the terms of how we work together, and I wouldn't do it if I wasn't cool with it. So, yeah. at one point, uh, that guy uh, got a bit stupid because the main sponsor of that party was also a client of uh, my own media company, and I was working IT stuff for him. And this guy liked me a bit better than <laughs> the promoter. <laughs> and this guy. Um, was one of the smartest guys I ever met in my life. Was also uh, delightfully paranoid, so he recorded every phone call. Oh wow! So I already knew in advance that the promoter of which I worked for was going to kick me out of the company. Not because it didn't do well, because hey, we sold out parties, but because I did too well. And he was started uh, spreading lies about me that were blatantly he was, he was untrue because he was sort of afraid of me. Yeah. And then I got mad. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm putting my all in. I'm putting my best in. And I have no intention in yeah. overthrowing you. But hey, if you want to, not only, he could have just told me like, you know, I'm not feeling this uh, connection anymore. Let's end this. That was okay. Mm-hmm. But he started spreading slander and down talking me to my customers of my media company at the time. So, you know, never ever mess with your IT guy. Because we are vindictive, <laughs> evil people that read way too many fantasy books and other psycho, psycho shit. So um, because I you know, had all the database, and by the time he um, got, kicked me out of all the system and changed all the passwords. You already had everything. Uh, you know, well, actually three months before that, I scrambled the entire database. So every all the information was random information. It was like every cell phone number was just zero six random numbers. Every postcode looked like a postcode, but wasn't a postcode. It was randomized within the parameters of what, if you look at it, it seems normal. I know everybody had a Hotmail, Gmail, or Life. But I scrambled all the everything in there was scrambled, and I was working off a hidden secondary system. And I also built in a fail safe that if I did I didn't report in uh, every day at a certain time, everything would self-destruct. And I buried that code so deep into the server that not even the web host could figure out for three days how the hell I did it. And there was a movie that came out uh, about that time with Jim Carrey. The movie called Liar Liar. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the movie was a poster, and Jim Carrey was there with his arms wide, and he was Liar Liar. So I photoshopped this guy's head into the poster, Liar Liar, 
and underneath there was a uh, in the, in the Hollywood poster uh, it used to be like he was a lawyer and then he uh, uh, yeah, lied yeah. to his wife and his children and the story yeah so I, he was a promoter and then he lied to the people he worked with didn't pay uh, the security and most of all was stupid enough to fuck with the IT guy <laughs> this season out of business with his name and everything and that just popped up on the website the day he cancelled me out then I um, I wasn't finished no, I just got started. So I already prepared uh, meetings with all the um, third parties involved, and I knew we had some debts with them, so I paid them their debt twice over. I took over their contracts with better terms. I took them with you. Uh, and no, I uh, demanded that they would still get their money, but they would straight go to send, uh, you know, how do you call these bureaus that fetch your money? Mm. You know, money sharks, that yeah. kind of nasty. Uh, so, I, you know, I made sure everybody put, like, those guys on him. Wow. Uh, sort of it's like a moral APB on his ass. I think he moved. I'm lucky I didn't sign anything before I started doing this. <laughs> so, and you know, based on those parties, I had parties with Hartwell and Afrojack and whatever. Yeah. But, um, you know, nobody told me uh, I, I should do that. But um, that's, that's part of the story. I'm, I'm not usually the guy to get mad or be an asshole. But if you go too far, mm, it justifies. I, I actually have the same thing, you know. Like, I'm a really nice and loyal guy, but I'm not. I'm not really that bad as you like i don't fuck people up normally that bad, i'm really relaxed but this guy just pushed the envelope yeah but, but i'm just i'm <laughs> just really more as in I have, I have my clear line you know like i can take a lot from people but mm -hmm. there's this line if you cross it you'll probably enter the, the the ignore zone and you will never come into my personal life again so that that is i think a much healthier thing because you know i got uh, i wasn't on the level of a burnout but that wasn't good for me anyway. <laughs> All right. So um, we're going to wrap this up. Um, first, some shameless promo for you. Oh, wow. um, so if you are interested right now in um, artist coaching, whether you are uh, the big AAA artist with the budget to give this man his third and fourth house <laughs> and pay for his upcoming child um, and their studies and the studies of their grandchildren yep. as well. Please do connect him at artistcoaching.nl. And also, if you're not the AAA guy yet, but you think, you know what, I heard a whole lot of things and I'm, you know, not getting enough sleep, I'm not feeling too well, I'm easily annoyed, a little bit depressed, lonely, and I feel like I'm basically doing this whole producing thing on autopilot and I'm getting pretty much lost. Artistcoaching.nl. <laughs> Um, if you want to know anything about feeding hamsters, you can connect me at vatagonzalez.hamstermill.com. Um, and for the last 30 seconds, before we're going to promote Dance Fair a little more. Oh, about Dance Fair? Oh, yeah. Yeah, what are you going to do at Dance Fair? I'm going to do a panel at the Dutch DJ Foundation room. Um, and what day? On Saturday at 12 o'clock. On the Saturday, right. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to talk about uh, yeah mental health and building my career and how how to build a career go down and build yourself up again that is great by the way can people reach you even if they've got like you know this insecure question not really yeah, knowing sure. like you can you can find me all over social media like all is, is it okay if people send you yep. a question it's not yep. like they're gonna get like oh thank you i've answered your question here's a bill no 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 i get a lot of questions and uh, i do try to answer all of them um i don't answer promos as in promo tracks yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I still listen to them. my demo because otherwise you start doing that you exactly. can self-coach yourself exactly so I don't do that but if people have personal questions about music or industry uh, or about themselves or is their information safe and sound yep 
it is. He's a, you know people. He's a nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, not. Uh, but, I'll but, be sarcastic, sarcastic about it. <laughs> but you can find me all over social media. You can send me direct messages on Facebook, on Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, yeah, or go to my website and fill in the contact form. It's also possible. All right, I definitely want if I've got the time, I'm gonna check out your dance fair uh, panel because cool. I will be there as well. Um, yeah, for the last bit, 30 seconds. Emergency advice by Joey Suki. Wow. First of all, don't believe anyone's telling you. Just believe yourself and follow your own path. And, and believe you. And believe me, of course. Yeah. Second of all. Learn how to say no. Yes. That's one of the most important things I've learned in my life. Make decisions that lead to making you happy, whether it's becoming a DJ or becoming a plumber. Nobody cares about what you do. And also make decisions before the yep. situation just makes decisions for you. Exactly, and stop overthinking because overthinking kills happiness in a really big form. And we all like you to be a very happy panda bears at Dance Fair. So I want to see you all. <laughs> I will be there the whole weekend. And by the time I'm done there, I'm so annoyed by my own voice. I'll probably need him. So, <laughs> Joey, thank you so much. You've been a great spiritual help. This was, Thanks, I think, man. one of the... I like this episode. It, it was really deep, and I hope you're still watching and hope you're not asleep. It went everywhere, you know? Like It, it went, went everywhere. DJs, girls, science, neuroscience, <laughs> everywhere. And don't fuck with your IT guy. Yeah, exactly. Avada Gonzalez. Wow. <laughs> Let's get fucked up!